Hello and welcome to the That's Why Never Quality podcast. And we are going to conclude our series on A Tribe Called Quest. You could say the greatest group in hip-hop of all time. And Q-Tip definitely uh, it gets me aroused. There are two things we've established by this point. I'm joined again by Paddy Stanton. What's going on? What's going on, Geezer? I am on points, as uh, the song says so all the time. And uh, yeah, I'm quite sad, actually. I've really enjoyed this series on, like you said, possibly, you know, our favourite musicians of all time. I feel like we've done a pretty good job, especially yourself with the research and the, the time that's went into it. If you're into long-form podcasts, because you can take a lot from, from them, I think, then, you know, we'll do, I feel like I'm really enjoying the, the work that we're doing. And hopefully, you know, we'll do more podcasts like this in the future. But yeah, it's going to be quite sad, to be honest, to, uh, to wind down, especially this, the later part, the later years, if you like, it's... It's, it's sad times, really, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's weird because we, we've started out we, we've started out on hip-hop groups by possibly talking about the best one. So it's a bit it's a bit strange. It's like, shit, nothing will compare to it. Mm. Uh, yeah. In music, if we do, like, any other sort of long-form music podcast, which I'm sure we will, like this, yeah. it's like, fuck, how, how, do, how do we top this now? Exactly. How do we do it? How do we do it? feel a bit naked here, in all honesty. I haven't got my tribe sweater on that I got for um, Christmas. Oh, damn oh, no. I know. I feel like I'm letting you tip and fife down here. Oh, no, you did. Oh, do you don't have to tell the listeners that. Just tell them you're wearing it. They, I'm, they not, don't. I'm not fully naked, by the way. Just let's get that straight. I know you'd like me to be, everyone, but I'm not. That's, again, that's how we get the listeners, Gator. That's how we get the listeners. Now uh, you need to yeah. invest um, in visuals, visual podcasting. Then definitely, I'll uh, I'll pl- replace, get someone to play me, get someone to replace me. Yeah, <laughs> the, the old uh, or I'll just Photoshop someone else's image over my voice. But, uh, <laughs> hologram, full on hologram. Yeah, well, I'll just dub it in in post, like um, like, like in a film. Just green screen it, fucker. Just green screen it. But yeah, it is, it is sad. Like a tribe called Quest, one of the the greatest groups of all time. And um, this these times, we, we've talked about the highs, um, and we've got to a little bit of the lows. But but they're not really the lows. We're gonna, we're going to get to the lows now. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get to some depression stuff, some uplifting stuff. But but let, let's jump in. So Q-Tip showed Ali Shahid Mohammed and Five Dog a letter he wrote to the label. Um, telling them that he wanted to disband a tribe called Quest. Tribe had what was to be their last show in New York, and Q-Tip announced the breakup of the group live on stage. And I don't believe uh, Fife actually knew about it, like, officially at the time. Um, this led to a, a bit more of a falling out between Q-Tip and, uh, and Fife. That's, that's fucking... I mean, that's a bit of a dick move, don't you think? Why would you not talk about that bit more in depth before you go going on stage? stage it's crazy exactly yeah and how do you announce that as well how do you like uh all right yeah this next song this is electric relaxation this is our last gig anyway bonita apple bomb <laughs> coming out <laughs> yeah like imagine being there live as well you know the puzzling because like i don't know was i don't know i wasn't there in that time and place do you think it was like did people have a feeling that was going to happen or was it just completely out of surprise I don't know, to be honest. I think it's one of them where um, 
I think as a fan, if you have no idea about the politics that's going on in the group and you're there and this just gets announced and you're like, what the fuck? Like, I'd be so, I'd be gutted. It's weird, yeah. If you release an album called The Love Movement, you think, oh, these guys are getting on pretty well. (laughs) Weird one. Or maybe it's a different way of interpreting the title, The Love Movement. They're they're loving loving the movement. Mm. They're just not loving each other. They're loving everyone else but each other. That's sad. I wonder if love movement is is um is innuendo for ejaculation. Um, yeah. Not long after the album Love Movement was released, Tribe were on the front cover of the Source magazine with the caption "Exclusive Interview Breakup: A Tribe Called Quest Disbands." So that is that is sort of when the public at large knew that a tribe called Quest were done. I imagine after the gig. I don't know if this came before or after the gig, but I imagine a rumour was out there, but there, this is when it's like official. They're, they are done. And yeah. Tribe Quest is no more. Again, it's a heavy way to to announce it. Um, do you feel it's the best way? Is it to come that public? Is it to do it in a magazine? or I don't know. Like, Is there is there a good way to, to break up? It's a weird one, that, yeah. I, at least it lets the listeners know and all the public. It, know, it lets them know in... And there's no sort of, you know, what ifs. There's not, there's not going to be any hang-ups there in a way. So I think in a way it's good. In terms of the interview then, so how did that, how was it broken down? Oh, I have to find that article. But um, Just be yeah. interested to see if it was like they both got, you know, the Q-tip 5, all the members got interviewed for it. So it'd be interesting to see their, their comments just to... See if it was formal, you know, like the comments were formal or they were a bit more informal in a way. It's just, because it'd be so weird to think after all this time, after this brotherhood between them, they split up with this really corporate BS statement. Definitely. Well, it has been said in the past, like um, around these uh, around these times, um, they were getting like Q-tip especially and uh, was getting more serious. I imagine, yeah, it was probably a probably a harsh. I imagine his outlook was probably a lot more harsh than it was back in the start. Yeah, and do you think obviously as they got more, as more money got involved, it was here as a show their friendship started to fade. I think we mentioned the brotherly love was always still there. There was still an underlying underlying love, but an actual friendship, like a core friendship, that I imagine that started to fade as well. So and. Did, do you think they had separate managers and like maybe they had agents in, in a way and that they were pulling away and then they were the ones that that sent out the statements? It's, it's I don't mad. think I don't think they did actually. I think Chris Lighty. I know he was still Q-Tips manager and I believe he was still Fives manager even. Right, that's good. But um, and he, I think he remained as well, didn't he, under the management of Violators Q-Tip. I think he, uh, he ended up launching his solo career on, still under their management. What, Chris Lighty? Yeah. He had a solo career. Did he? Yeah, yeah so I believe uh, with Amplified, I'm pretty sure he was um, he was still under the management of of Chris Lighty. Q-tip. Oh, I thought you I thought you said he had a solo career, Chris Lighty. <laughs> No, he was just a violator. That was his career. Yeah. It's bit one verse on a Black Black Street song. Mm. That's about it. And, and never again. 
That's about it. Yeah, never again. Black Sheep song, I should say, not Black Street. So they broke up, and um, we go into the solo years of a tribe called Quest of their members. Now, a year after the uh, tribe called Quest broke up, uh, just to make it clear, this is 1998 that they broke up. Um, also, should mention, um, it was only released on Spotify recently, but they had a live album they they recorded around this time called uh, Live in Chicago. Um, that that was released in ni- uh, 98 or recorded in, in 98. But yeah, 1999, the first I'd say the first big solo album to come from them was um, was Q-Tip and Amplified, which was released on the 11th of uh, November 1999. Uh, pretty pretty decent album that I reckon. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. It sort of carried on the themes of the love movements in a way, didn't it? It carried on the jazzy sort of R&B aspect that, that he was going for. Still had production from Jay Diller, which was good. He had all his trademark beats are all, all over there. And there was obviously a certain vibe to it. You know, it was, it was smooth. Q-tip, any music involved in Q-tip has always been smooth. But it, the, the problem was it did seem a bit like he was selling out and it was a bit... Bit, bit too commercialized did, did you get that yeah that that was like the main um, the main criticism of it in the music videos it he definitely seemed to be going for the p diddy type type thing because this was the bling era essentially when it's like the late 90s 98 99 you're in the peak bling bling era aren't you and it's just i don't know it's a bit weird to see q-tip going down that road he didn't obviously go down that road entirely because he was still on his self his self-conscious shit learning let's be honest he was still he was still on that mindset but he just i don't know i imagine he wanted to see a bit more of the cheddar don't blame him mike yeah yeah definitely i, I can um i think that's true what was your uh, thoughts on the bling era are you a fan of I'm a fan of some of it I, I i like p diddy i've probably talked about this before in 50 greatest rappers but um he uh he had some good tunes actually and, and they are good like inspirational feel good songs so some of it's all right yeah yeah because uh it's weird because uh, for me i was the biggest fan i know it in a way helped get out of the whole gangster vibe and people getting shot and what was happening in the streets which was obviously a plus but it did seem like it was a bit of a sellout in a way to to try and go pop and i know um I think uh, if you don't know if you listen to the new Gangstar album on the song Family and Loyalty, I think it is, where the guru talks about the bling era and he just says the bling era. I don't know what the exact bar was, but he just says like the bling era took away from the real rappers. So I find, and there was probably a lot of underground rappers back then who was, you know, they were on, they were the lyrical type that didn't get the shine because of the, the bling era. So and got lost in the shuffle. And I think he says that on that song. So it's a bit, it's a bit sad. Definitely. And yeah, in regards to the album, um, Q-Tip, um, he actually, he wasn't very pleased with Amplified, uh, what his sales of Amplified. Um, he was pleased with the product, but he blamed its poor sales on his label, um, Artisa. And um, I've got a, um, a source magazine clipping uh, from around that period um, in a write-up about the album. Uh, Q-Tip says, I'm busting my ass to promote the record. Uh, the record company fucked up and because they, they're skipping the street, so I have to act like it's 1989 and get out there myself. Uh, Tip maintains that Puff Daddy's existence and the changed world of hip-hop 
have nothing to do with the albums less than seller styles mm. so, so yeah not not great at the times for, for the old q-tip and and again still still moaning about his label <laughs> he's, he's never going to get on well with any labels, is he? He's always going to be getting into his scraps and getting beat up by other artists, it seems. And this, this is in the metaphorical sense, obviously. But I've never heard... So with this artist, I've never really heard of them as a, as a label. Were they? Um, did he sign with them after he, he split up from Tribe? Or? I'm not too sure, but I, I've heard of them before, Artiser, actually. Um, but... So gonna, it looks like it was a label founded by Clive Davis. Oh, right, Legend Clive Davis. Yeah, apparently it's had a lot of issues like that in the past, like controversies, apparently. So, like, Millie Vanilli was signed to them, and they had a falling out. Uh, so, because of that, I think when what happened with um, Amplified, it was the beginning, the end, so they actually reconstructed the whole label. So it says at the end of 2000, they had a big reconstruction of, of the label because it was just such... It was it was so poor, like the way it was getting run there, and uh, Q-Tip was unfortunately one of the, the casualties of that. But do you what what you, what's your thoughts? Do you blame the label, or do you just think he didn't have the the mainstream crossover with the album like it should have? Um, I mean, it's one of them where um, I don't know. Cause I wasn't really around to see the promotion of the album. It's like people talk about um. So Michael Jackson had a similar thing. And I'm, of course, going to always wrestle it back to Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Michael Jackson, he's releasing his 2001 album, um, Invincible. Uh, he wasn't very happy with the pr- promotion of the album. And because I was alive around that period, although very young, I, I, I was around to remember. Yeah, to be honest, the promotion was a bit shit. I wouldn't know it was happening even unless I was a mad fan. So I can understand that. But with, So I can understand it does happen. But with this, I don't know, because I wasn't wasn't really... Well, I was around in 98, but I was still free. I was still shitting in, in a diaper. And, uh, you know, so... You didn't get potty trained until about, was it... I think you told me six? Six years old, was it? It, it was... Um, yeah, they say six years old. It was no later than that, though. That that's that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, and so, so I don't is really that, know... Is that the album with You Rock My World on? You Rock My World? was It, it was a good album, but it was a very hmm. good album. You know, not his best album, but a sick album. Same thing. The song that got me onto NJ, in all honesty, as a kid. I imagine it was for a lot of people. Mm. But but yeah, with this Amplified, also, I'm getting a bit of a controversial viewpoint, but I've been listening to some of Q-Tip's albums, and he's got good songs on albums. I don't think he's got a great album. No, as, as an album, back to front, you're right. I feel like... The difference between Tribe is like with Q-Tip, yeah, he's, sing- he's got loads of good singles, doesn't he? Loads of good singles, standalone songs. But like as a as back-to-back albums, that they just they don't grab you. And then whereas with Tribe, it's the complete opposite. Sometimes they can have less than stellar singles, but as a whole story of an album, you know, the whole construct of it, it's near perfect at times. Um, but on this album, you had breathe and stop, you had vibrant thing. Two two really good songs, I think two smooth songs, especially vibrant thing, and that's the main single from the album, and I think that's Q-Tip at his best on that song. No doubt, yeah. Special girl, real good girl, biggest thing in my itty bitty world. Caught her up and she made me feel right. Wish the bliss could never take flight. Sitting back with this mic in my hand, spitting hot, shit, trying to see grand. 
imprinted on my mind every minute. Make my plans and you always in it, y'all. Uh, such a vibrant thing. Vibrant thing, a vibrant thing. And another one to shout out is Let's Ride as well. That's a banging song from that album. Yeah. Oh, I'm a Queen's representative. Get wild by any means, my incentive is. When we done, I start it up again. And ride around with you, cause you my special friend. Uh. Me and you, I think we should ride. Come on, come on, come on. And then you've, you've got some awful points on there as well. Like, look, back in the day, yeah, I, I grew up on, on hip-hop, obviously, but then I, I became a new metal fan as well. And um, I fuck with Korn, but the song with Korn on this called End of Time, oh, it's it's terrible. Like, how could you ever think jazzy R&B, smooth style rap could ever mix well with, with a new metal act like Korn? That's just such a disturb, maybe... One of the strangest combinations I've ever heard. Definitely, yeah. I've um, I can't even remember what that song sounds like, but I can just imagine it would it would sound shit. Um, <laughs> exactly, and a standard Buster feature on here as well. So Buster's still sticking around with the with them even after the split, so which is good to see. Definitely, yeah. There's definitely a love there with Buster. Mm. Um, in 1999, um, Black on Both Sides comes out. And Q-Tip produced the song, and he features on the song, um, uh, Mr. N-Word. Great, great tune. Now, who is the cat dining out on the town? Make your D want to take a whole year to sit him down, Mr. Nigger. Nigger, nigger. He got the sneakers in the trunk with the bass on crunk. Now, who is the cat at Armani buying wares with the tourists who be asking them, do you work here, Mr. Nigger? Nigger, nigger. Nigger, nigger. Yo, the abstract with the mighty most depth. White folks got a mumble across beneath their breath. But they'll say it out loud. Great tune, and what do we say about that album? Absolutely legendary album. Legendary album. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be top 10 of, of all time in, in a hip hop album, do you think? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I reckon, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you've got obviously legendary tune, Mathematics. Most people know that the beef and primo on that. Song as well. You've got Miss Fat Booty, smooth song. Um, New World Water as well. That is a really philosophical song. So if you're into learning, a lot of a lot of the songs on this album, you can learn a lot a lot of stuff from a lot of stuff about poverty, just anything going on in the world, and the actual song called Hip Hop as well. So it was, I think uh, Ali Shahid as well. He did produce a song on this album, if I remember, called Got. Yeah, I was going to get to that bit. Yeah, he um. He, he produced one on there. Um, another thing to say about that album is, is you um, you mentioned before about how like the skill of a rapper, like rapping a whole song and not using like any swear words. I think on Miss Fat Booty he doesn't swear at all. Or there's, there's one. I think it is Miss Fat Booty. He doesn't swear at all in the whole song. Yeah, I think Maz Def is another rapper where he's not a, really a rapper that says fuck shit. Oh, I mean, he obviously says the N word, but we'll let that slide. We'll let him have that. But I, I always think it's impressive when a rapper doesn't have to stretch out the bar with adding a swear word to it, because it's just there's more substance to it. Then you know there's there's something a bit more to the song, and they're not just trying to get the song over and done with in a way. Definitely, yeah. Another tune from that is um, Umi says, and if anyone is um, 
it hasn't watched a Dave Chappelle uh, Mark Twain special. There's a bit at the end where I believe it's uh, Moz Def and Thundercat, and they end the show by playing Umi Says, and it's fucking sick. So, Thundercat was going back then? No, no. So, you know the, the Mark Twain special? Okay. Yeah, on Netflix, the Dave yeah. Chappelle. Yeah, so they, yeah. They close the, it out with, with Moz Def and yeah. the Thundercat play. That's the, uh, is that the, the, recent, the most recent Dave Chappelle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I watched that on yours, didn't I? Um, I don't know. It only came out. It came out bef- like it came out quite recently. So, but when he was in mine, I don't think um, it's not like a full stand-up show. It, it's like he's being re- received with the award, and like people give speeches about him. He oh, does a little bit of stand-up. I don't think I've seen that, but I am liking how current Dave Chappelle's been at the moment. Shout out yeah. Dave Chappelle, the goat. Like Dave Chappelle, he's probably Dave Chappelle's house parties, like. <laughs> He, they must be insane because you watch that. He knows everybody. Like both Q-Tip and Jerobi are at the show. And what like, fuck did Jerobi get an invite? He must know everyone. <laughs> he's in like the front row, I think. Jerobi is madness. <laughs> he got there from uh, from being a little yes man, didn't he? No, it's not. It's not. There's no no hate for Jerobi. <laughs> no, I love Jerobi, man. He's he's it seems like one of the soundest geezers you'll ever meet. I'm just, uh, <laughs> just playing with the man, but um. Yeah, you can you can see with it with the album just a rap on black black on both sides, heavily influenced by Tribe just from the production and the uh, just the smooth verses as well, and and content as well. You know, lyrical lyrical matter as well. I think a lot so there's a lot of love and, and positivity. So I think Monster Q-Tip was a massive influence on Monster. Defo, yeah, and um and yeah, just in case audience you haven't guessed, we're gonna um go through each member of Tribe. Like their solo stuff, like member by member, rather than doing it like year by year. And then yeah, at any point during this, anything you want to throw in, let me know. So uh, after uh, that song as well, 2005, he's also done a song like that with the Black Eyed Peas. Question for the ages: What's going on with my rap pages? Rappers wanna be down, but listen, listen. You got to feel it within your body and your spirit when you listen to the rhythm. Come on, it's the abstract. Will is on the beat. Women all around the globe, the world. You gotta follow me. Changing his story, categories, different people in the same territories. And Talib Kweli as well. And that song, and, and CeeLo Green. And that song is basically just a big tribute to like the native tongues and, and tribe. And it's it gets to that point I was saying earlier about Will I Am being a massive tribe fan. As um, he mentions tribe like a lot on that song. The beat is very much a tribe kind of beat. And uh, if you've not seen that song or seen the video, it's beautiful. Yeah, <clears throat> don't think I've seen the video actually. What what uh, what happens? And is it just like just stand the posse cuts style video? It's it's like it's it's kind of like it's like do you know like what's the scenario? It's a kind of gritty kind of posse cat cut. It's like you know it seems very like what's that? Sorry, posse cat. <laughs> Uh, did I say that? Sorry, posse cut. Um, <laughs> that could be what we call a we call a posse cut, and we get our our uh, our. Uh, that, maybe that's what Atomic Kitten called their uh, Atomic Kitten and. Um, I was trying to think. Of, I was trying to think of another group that had cats in the title to make that pun pun work. Um, the, the Black Cats. Is that a name for group? We'll just say it is. Say it is, yeah, yeah, might might as well. So that's that's like that's probably what the, the Atomic Kitten and the Black Cats uh, say when they. That's probably what they call their songs when they get together. 
Um, it was worth it. I think that joke was worth it. Anyway. <laughs> you're reaching. You're reaching. <laughs> Is it Sergio Mendes also on this song? Um, let me check out, actually. It might be sampling Sergio Mendes. Um, let me check that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Sergio Mendes' song, you know. And isn't is this the song? I don't know if this is the one from Be Cool, but isn't there a song on Be Cool with the film? If you've never seen it, check it out. It's uh, Sergio Mendes and Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, it's um, that song is called um, Sexy. Okay. And interesting fact about that song, I thought I'd never get to use this bit of information. But in <laughs> in in the in this the song. Um, Will I Am does go, Sergio, play your piano. And then they play the instrumental there. And of course, Sergio Mendes, he, in, he is actually in the film playing the piano. But the piano sample from the song itself isn't from a Sergio Mendes song. It is actually, uh, I'll get up here. I believe it's from an Antonio Carlos. It's from Antonio Carlos Jobin's song in, I can't pronounce the title, but it's, from Antonio Carlos Jobin song and Antonio Carlos Jobin absolute legend check him out if, uh, if you've not heard of him he's the geezer who wrote girl from Ipanema you're getting on your salsa shit here is that what's happening it is yeah I was about to say I, I, if you didn't stop me I'd probably go on a deep dive about this geezer <laughs> don't uh, worry we'll save that for the that's why they weren't quality podcast get away I'm not being a part <laughs> of that <laughs> Now, to be fair, I, um, I'm obviously reading this Beastie Boys book at the moment, and later on in their career, they do, when they were branching out musically, a lot of the music they were listening to is like samba and salsa, and they, and they apparently were really big fans, so, and they literally have sampled a lot. I feel like salsa has, has been sampled a, a fair bit. Uh, Beastie Boys and Hector Lavoe. Oh, I'd love to. Mm. I'd love that. Imagine <laughs> they're both in New York at the same time. Oh, they get together. Mm. I mean, Hector Laveau would be dead quite soon after the <laughs> the last the last time he was in New York. Jesus. Yeah, he was he was he was ill with uh, HIV. Um, but anyway, that the, the sample from the song um uh, like that actually was from Astrid Gilberto. Uh, Who can I turn to? Brackets for the world needs me. Well, nobody needs me. Sorry. Um, and Astrid Gilberto as well. She is a, a legend in um in Bossa Nova. Um, check her out as well, guys. That's like inception levels of sampling, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That, how weird is that film, by the way? Be cool. Just thinking about it, like, what's so? What, why are Black Eyed Peas and 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 uh, Sergio Mendes there? And it's just it's so random. And I'm, 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 I'm I'm the, the Rock plays a gay guy and a gay cowboy with a cowboy hat on. I love it. The The, the Rock and Andre Three Thousand steal that film. Yeah, hands down. I don't know why Andre did he do much more acting after that because he was fucking sick in that film. Yeah, little bits. Apparently, he, he's in a new show. If I believe, is it that show Hunters? Is he really shit? I, I've I've started watching that a few episodes. I need to finish that. Yeah, let's have a look. I'm pretty sure he. Uh, he was no. in the Jimi Hendrix film, but like, yeah, when, was... I, when I found out there, there was no music that they weren't they didn't get the rights to the Jimi Hendrix like music, I was like, right, fuck, that's. So I tried. I started watching it. But it was that was a disappointment, though. Very disappointing. That could be. A, that's why they were bollocks episode. Yeah. Okay. We've got a few ideas now for that. We've got a uh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, I like that one. Yes. And I hear one of your rants again. In all honesty, so yeah. Yes. Let me get my blood pet pressure checked. <laughs> yeah. 
you're gonna need to after this this lockdown, aren't you? I will do. Um, yeah, so it's a great, great album. Uh, so a great song that. Oh, great album as well. It's from Monkey Business. Um, 2005, possibly like you, you could even argue the most famous. Um, or yeah, one of the most famous songs Q-Tip's known for, and this this introduced a whole new generation of people to Q-Tip, and that was galvanised by the Chemical Brothers featuring Q-Tip. And you shouldn't even care about those noses in the air and the crooked stairs. Don't hold back. Cause there's a party over here, so you might as well be here with the people care. Don't hold back. The world, you're holding back. The time has come to. The world, you're holding back. The time has come to. Great song as well. Yeah, yeah, amazing song. I had the fortune, I was fortunate enough to see Chemical Brothers at Glastonbury live uh, this last year now, and they played that song, and it was amazing. They had Q-Tip's face on, you know, like on, on the video. It's on, on the video. It's the same. He had his face like on the wall there, up on the screen, and it, yeah, it was great. It went off, and just a, I mean, what a random. What a random combination it is, but it, it works so well. Yeah, I mean, I was there as well, and um, I didn't have a great time. I stayed for 20 minutes, and then I went off to Hot Chip. Hot Chip weren't that great either. Um, <laughs> bit of a bollocks evening. So, um, 2006, it's funny you talk about Sergio Mendes. He's never too far away. In 2006, the Sergio Mendes song, The Frog, featuring Q-Tip and Will I Am, comes out on a great album called Timeless. And um, and that song is brilliant. And I, I argue one of the best verses Q-Tips ever spit. Um, if you've again, you don't have to like samba or like Brazilian music or any kind of Latin music really to like that song. Just check it out. It is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just we're seeing it here, aren't we? That we've been known for, well, obviously we covered it for now, but like he's put Q-tip pulls from so many different genres, and he does kind of fit the vibe of the the, the Latin the Latino style music, doesn't he? With his with his smoothness and yeah, you can tell he had a big appreciation. He probably did a lot of sampling from from that style of music. So yeah, it just it just fit well. Um, and yeah, I think on this album there was a lot of there was a lot of Will I Am features on the entire on, on half of the album. Am I right in saying? Yeah, I mean obviously they did that. the most famous one from that was the Black Eyed Peas Masquinada. I mean mm. it was on that heat as well. The Masquinada as well. Um, check check that. I mean I mean if if you were alive during around two thousand six and were like football or watch any kind of adverts or like have, or not hearing impaired. You or had a, had a television. Or had a television. Or in like a youth club at any time. <laughs> then um, then, then you, you, you would have heard that song. It's an absolutely great song. And um, I'd say one of the most popular songs at that time. And it's good to see. Good to see. Yeah, I think this was the, the main, when it crossed over to like the West, and it, well, not the West, but like to America and, you know, the UK, this style of music. This was like a massive, a massive hit, wasn't it? The whole album was with Sergio Mendes, I find. Um, yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Worth checking out, I'd say. Definitely. I mean, if, if we can, again, I'm not, not trying to go down another rabbit hole, but 
Um, talking about Antonio Carlos Jobim before, that I say was the massive crossover because he did an an album, um, believe maybe even three albums with Frank Sinatra in the sixties, and um, that I'd say was like when when world music and a lot of people give George Harrison credit for like the populate like making world music popular, but um, Antonio Carlos Jobim I think's got to be in there as well. He was one of the early pioneers of bringing like Brazilian music and and world music in general just to like a global audience. Yeah, shout out to Antonio Carlos Jovan, uh, if he's listening. I don't and know if he's alive, but... I feel me give it a try. He's a handsome-looking bloke as well. I definitely would if I was. I think he died a long time ago, unfortunately, yeah. Did he? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we talk a lot. Of, there's a lot, of, a lot of dead people on our podcast. It's unfortunate, isn't it? There is. We have nothing to do A lot of dead people are quality people, though, so I suppose it makes sense. They are, yeah. To be fair, though, saying that, this is the first dead person we've actually... That, that, well, we'll get on to it, but this is the first time we're going to cover a death on the... Yeah, we'll get... On, but I don't want to jump the gun. Anyway, uh, 2008, um, on the 4th of November uh, 2008, we get the Renaissance that comes out. A pretty decent album, um, getting ups on that album. like good song uh, move i've talked about before samples dancing dancing dance machine uh, sorry dancing machine by jackson five and of course the music video is based on rock with you um, michael jackson music video and um, we fight we love as well which samples um the jackson's um heartbreak hotel uh, this place hotel which is uh, a great great song as well pretty decent decent tunes the whole album is flawless but um it's all right what do you make of that album i think this is his best solo album personally like the ones that i know he's only had three of them but yeah that's the ones that i've gone back to this is this is the strongest one in terms of an album and um uh, yeah funkiest smoothest like jazziest songs i think i think this is this is Q-Tip at his, at his best as a solo artist, in my opinion. Like you said, you mentioned my favourites, Getting Up, great song, Move, you know, what a, what a smooth hit that is. So I think it had a quite a few um, few hits on the album. Now, the only thing with Q-Tip, yeah, is like, I know the vibe he's going for, he's going for sort of, he is the abstract, isn't he? He's going for abstract, jazzy, R&B influences and, and just pulling from all different influences, I get that. But it doesn't mean he can't have a feature from another rapper on, on his albums. And he didn't really have any features from rappers. He had the D'Angelo feature, which is fair enough. D'Angelo is a legend, isn't he? And he had a few words. He had Nora Jones. Nora Jones has got a hell of a voice on her. I respect uh, the singers he's had on here. Would it be nice to see him have a, a rap feature? Don't know about you. Definitely, yeah. I mean, what, um, talking about Nora Jones, um, I can't believe I didn't mention that before. Actually, he's um, that song uh, "Life Is Better" with Nora Jones, one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard, ever. Now that, 
check that out. Actually, what I should say is when he was doing the Red Bull um, the Academy lecture, he talks about this song that he talks about the song with Nora Jones. And I believe the lecture came out just after he released the song and he's playing it and he plays, he sort of plays like how he made the beat. And oh my God, it's sick. It's so good. Watch that, people. Yeah, he's got a Q-tip's amazing. Another thing about Q-tip is he's amazing in interviews. Like he's very well spoken, isn't he? You can tell he's like, he's not just someone that's good at music. He's got an intellect to him as well, and he's he's pretty um, he's pretty down to earth. He's, he's you know he's probably someone that reads a lot as well. I, I imagine. Definitely, he reminds me of Paul McCartney in in many ways because Paul McCartney's the same. He is incredible at interviews, so funny and like just he comes across well. And same same with Q-tip. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. So with this song, a beautiful song, Nora Jones is a great singer. She's done some good features with with other rappers as well. And yeah, like the I think the reason I like this album the most is the content, like the lyrical content of, of it all. And the, it just it really hits home. Some of the stuff is just uh, it's amazing, really. And yeah, for, for me, he did record this album for a long time as well. So there was how honestly like eight nine year gap in between. And I think he'd been recording it since 2003. So he'd worked a hell of a long time. And, and that's Q-Tip in an essence, really. I know he, he's a perfectionist, so that's why he's, he's, he's going to take that long. He's not just throwing out any sort of album because he wants to get sales. But um, it still did pretty good um, in terms of that, though. He got good universal acclaim critically. And I think he earned him a Grammy Award nomination as well. Yeah, I mean, Q-Tip, he is, he is a perfectionist. And... Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me it took so long to work on this. Between Amplified and 2008, apparently Q-Tip recorded over 500 songs. So I, I, would, I want to hear these unreleased, this unreleased music. Q-Tip's vault must be like the Gringotts Bank. It must be. I'm, I'm talking also, I think one of the songs that might be... Is that be like Fife or Goblin? Sorry? <laughs> Sorry, that's a Harry Potter reference. If you don't get that, then you understand it. Uh, there's no, I mean, you know, if I'm going on about Antonio Carlos Jobin, don't don't call me a nerd now after you, you've dropped that one in there. I mean, that's, that's hey, I've I've read every Harry, I've still got me Harry Potter books. I've got a chest, I've got a, a full on, it's like a it's like a magic chest at home, yeah, it's just full of books. I don't care. Me and me and Q-Tip, we'd have a, one hell of an intellectual conversation. Put us in the room together, yeah, and we'll cure world peace. With Harry Potter, with Expelliarmus, Expelliarmus. Uh, <laughs> I tell, I tell I you what, say, say the right spell, bro. Is that is that not it? Expelliarmus. Is that it? All right, fair play. But to, talking about um, like Q-Tip having rappers featuring on on his uh, songs, there is actually a version of We Fight We Love with Consequence and Kanye West. Um, that must not be. I, I thought it was always a bonus track, but maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe it was like an unreleased track. Uh, check that out. That's really good. Um, yeah, but- I know we went through the uh, Tribe unreleased song yesterday. Imagine if we went over Q-Tips, we'd be here for a week. That would, mate, that would be sick. I'd love to do like a, a whole podcast, like a, a spin-off, another, yet yeah, another spin-off called Unreleased, where we do just take an artist's unreleased work and we and we talk about it for the show. So I reckon there'll be some sick episodes, and Q-Tip would be a good place to a good place to go with that. Mm, yeah, that'd be cool, definitely. Definitely brainstorming live on air. Um, <laughs> We're always what, brainstorming. Always brainstorming. Makes us quality. Exactly, geezers. 
Um, well, just to while we're on Nora Jones, actually, I don't think I'm going to have another opportunity to use this bit of information. Do you know who Nora Jones's father is? Another Beatles connection here. Oh, okay, do tell. Ravi Shankar. Isn't that the uh, is that the, the guru guy? No, no, that was um, that wasn't him. No, that was the geezer who did all the songs with uh, George Harrison. That that he was a good oh, okay. geezer, Ravi Shankar. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, the other geezer as well, though. I don't, I don't think he was as bad. I think he got some bad press. But, but, but Ravi Shankar, um, yeah, legend in a uh, in Indian music. And uh, it's funny we were talking about world music and uh, and that. And uh, yeah, Ravi Shankar, Nora Jones's father. You would that's not. Good, that's cool. And another one that's dead, but he lived a long life. He lived till he was ninety-two. So you know, even if we do talk about dead people quite a bit. At least he lived a long life, unlike some other people that we'll be talking about. Definitely, yeah. And we had nothing to do with his death. So um, on the 15th of September 2009, we get Kamal, the abstract come out, which is Q-Tip's third album. And, uh, you know, I, I, I listened to that album the other day, and I appreciate what he was trying to do, but is, I would not listen to that album again. It was It was a bit of bollocks. Yeah, definitely his weakest album, Re- released on Battery Records. Apparently, what, what a terrible name for a, a record label. Been off of Violators. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a connection there, isn't there? Terrible names. You know what? Someone asked me in work recently, is um, if you were if you came into a lot of money, what would you do with the money? I said one of them would be. I would run a wrestling promotion or MMA promotion, and the other would be I'd make I'd create my own re- uh, music label. And rest that's assured, like if, if I did do one, I wouldn't call it Batsu Records. That could be what you call a wrestling promotion, but that that's that's mad actually. They're two of the answers I would have give actually on, on on one where on the on one of the rare occasions when I have actually spoke to a female, this came up right. What would you do if you won the lottery? And I actually said to her, the first thing I'd do is I'd start a wrestling promotion. Yeah. Think alike, don't we? The, the quality minds, the quality geezers think think alike. Quality minds think alike. I mean, that'll be the second thing I do. The first thing I do is I change out of this t-shirt because it's very, it's very dirty. <laughs> it's uh, got a lot of food and beer spilt on it. That is exactly. You must have been able to said, you are the prettiest hobo I've ever laid my eyes on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, or if there's any females listening to this, then, uh, then uh, it, the shirt is completely clean. <laughs> and I have anyway. Yeah, uh, no, you are right. This was a bit. It was very, very eclectic style album. Very uh, abstract. He was going for you know a lot of singing and exploring a lot of the jazz. And um, you know the there was just nothing that was sort of it was not it was nowhere near as good as the Renaissance. And it's weird that it it came out one year later because it did sound like it was recorded in different time periods in a way. Maybe that's part of the reason it wasn't that great because he did, in in like being relative to how he usually releases music, he seemed to rush this one. He didn't spend too much time on this, it seems. I tell you, though, while we do snag it off, the song Blue Girl and Even If It Is So, they're pretty decent songs. But again, I wouldn't rank them anywhere near like his best work. No, definitely not. I do feel like this was kind of something that had been in the chamber for a while and he just recorded so much stuff that he felt like he needed to release something. And mm. I don't know if he was um, he had to buy the label again, who knows, but it sounded like it was kind of like the love movement in a way. It, you know, it, it had that, 
sound and that vibe of like oh, okay it just it sounded a bit rushed and it's not the cuter perfectionist that we've we've heard and that we know and love i mean look, looking at wikipedia here talking about like you probably are right there because it says recorded 2001 so he could yeah. possibly have been sitting on this for eight years and um and you know, I mean, if Q-tip's going to sit on anything, it can't be bad. But <laughs> but <laughs> wish it was you. If I was, um, yeah. Apparently, it was originally released for 2002. If we're to believe the um, Wikipedia, so so yeah, you, you're right there. He's been sitting on it for a while, and he, it makes sense that Q-tip was friends with Prince because they had very similar ways of they would release. Well, they would record loads of shit that would never ever see the light of day, and uh, yeah, it makes sense. It does, but it's so strange. Would you, if you're an artist, that's something that so much time has passed. I find in music, yeah, there's so many new trends within two, three years. It's constantly evolving, especially rap. Rap's constantly evolving. The sounds are different every two to three years. Mumble raps of thing of old now. It's it's fucking weird. And so to release an album like what what was it seven years eight years later, it's I don't know it's a bit mad isn't it I wonder why he felt the need to did, did you think in his mind Q-Tip thought this was one of his best work he's ever made? I think because I, what I think it is is because he was on Battery Records, and um, if he was on Battery Records, you could say they would charge him. <sighs> uh, I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> We've just lost the, the few listeners we had right there. I lost faith halfway through that joke, but I thought, fuck, I've got to do it now anyway. So. I don't know. If there's a lot of dads listening, then you definitely won the award for best dad joke, so you never know. We hit all demographics. Definitely. Um, 2010, we get the song uh, Bang, Bang, Bang with Business International featuring Q-Tip MNDR. On the plane, on my brain, about to do the show. 40k contract, take it out the door. Dice symbolize my life, roll them on the floor. From your grubby hands, as you ham and grandstand, you live a shitty like we live the bomb bomb V. Hide it in the book while we watch the TV. Think you got us fooled? Who? Never again. First time, shame on me. Second time, your time will end. And that might be my first exposure to Q-Tip, or at least the first time I'd actually seen what he looked like in the flesh. I think it, it must have been actually, yeah, yeah, good, good song. Um, pretty okay song. Are you a Mark Ronson fan? Oh, I mean, how can you not be a Mark Ronson fan? You just think of all the shit that he's done, like even just him as a producer, the shit he's done with like uh, Action Bronson, ASAP Rocky. Mm. Like, you go on, multiple genres, so Amy Winehouse. You yeah. could go on for ages. Yeah, this goes back to my point before about DJs that have the love for hip-hop and they, the appreciation, and then when they finally do collab, and it's just, it's just such a great mix. And so you got Mark Ronson there. We talked about Chemical Brothers did it with Q-Tip, and Q-Tip also clearly he knows what it can sound like and how and how well it can sound together. The mix of the two. And for more recent examples like Flume, Flume's a good example. Where he's done songs with Slow Tie and JPEG Mafia recently that um, I was listening to today that are good tunes. But yeah, I just always like it when it, it the the mix of the two and it really it sounds. Oh, of course you can't forget DJ Shadow as well. He's done. So many collabs, especially a couple with Naz that are great. Yeah, DJ Shadow, king of the collab. Mm. Uh, was that album called Eight? Was it that that beautiful album? Uh, yeah, you had Introduction as well. What a you know classic classic album. 
Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of static selectors. Sorry, that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. Okay, but yeah, still static selectors. But you know what I mean, though. You know, just the the duo. And I think, it, you know what it harkens back to? It's missed in hip-hop today. Is what hip-hop was brought up on. It was the MC, and then it was the DJ slash producer. So you had the Eric B and the Rakims. You had the Scott Rocks and the Keras Ones. You know, there's probably plenty of others out there as well. But that's just what it grew up on. And then it, it sadded away from that, didn't it? It just became the, the MC on his own. I think that's why when I see a DJ collab with the MC, like a Mark Ronson, etc., um, and I, I just I appreciate it so much because you know I just always think it sounds so good because you're getting two different sounds then, and you're getting, um, but when it meshes well together, you've got a, just a perfect mix of sounds. Yeah, I mean, I just just to just to add to that, I mean, hip hop obviously started off with with Chaz and Dave. But uh, but after that there was the DJ and the, and the the rapper yeah. Is it um what was his name? Gil Scott uh, Hedges Peacock, and then his boy was Chaz Dave, wasn't it? Gil Scott Hedges, that would be a sick T-shirt. That. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that's a good point. Yeah, Gil Scott Heron, the last poets. I mean, that that was pretty much like the start of of hip hop. But you could mm-hmm. you could go on for ages if you want to like. Mm. what the actual start of hip hop was you could you could note it back to um to american history and uh we could get yeah. into a discussion about slavery and uh, <laughs> let's not go quite there like because i ain't i ain't up too much on my my politics to get to dive into that my world history yeah we don't want to make this episode any more darker than, uh, <laughs> than it than it's gonna be this whole series has been just a whole culmination of anal sex and and blue wanting to be gay and he wants to be gay clearly so there's a, and he hasn't come out yet and he's still in the closet so there's a lot of dark tones to this let's not get into slavery not saying i want to be gay just if i wasn't gay i'm not saying i want to be gay just if i was gay you know i wouldn't you know it's just something that happens isn't it you know but, but i'm not <laughs> but, I'm, but i'm not anyway yeah yeah you're right Anyway, two, 2012, uh, 2012 uh, Q-Tip uh, joined Kanye West's record label, uh, Good Music. Um, I believe as like a producer, but he probably is signed on as talent as well. And yeah, 2013, he released Thank You, which of course is a Busta Rhymes song, which apparently Busta Rhymes produced himself, and it features Lil Wayne, Q-Tip, and Kanye West. But Lil Wayne and Kanye West aren't really doing any rapping on it. So it's pretty much just Buster Rhymes in Q-Tip with Lil Wayne and Kanye West in the video. Set him up, so let up, saddle up and let's go. Good times, only difference making it dope. Chatter is up, peep the way we batter it up. On top of the mountain, folding the ladder up. You're dead and done, rip up your paper because your status is none. Transfix on the sphinx of the page. Where the chopper a gauge, you're just a single because you wouldn't engage. Turned up with the script on the cup, you keep the goblets with us. Great song, that. Definitely, it's, it's absolutely crazy, isn't it, to so just think that we, we've heard Kanye in interviews, I don't know if you have, but Q, he cited Q-Tip and Tribe as possibly his biggest influence as a lot of rappers was, but especially for Kanye to then own his own label and then for him to sign Q-Tip, he must have felt over the moon. And it's a bit weird in a way. I don't know if you have a preference, do you prefer Q-Tip, do you prefer Kanye? But it's cool to see them all in the same hood. And he is apparently he's still signed to them to this day. He's just he hasn't had any releases under the label. But um, that's what we'll probably get to. He's got um, a couple, like more than a couple of albums in the chamber. So he hasn't released anything himself since 2009. 
So he's got a lot of stuff to come out, and I really hope it does come out on good music sooner rather than later. Yeah, he's got three albums um, that are going to come out soon, which is is the definition of more than a couple. So yeah, he is. is. Uh, that's that's you could say one more than a couple. One more than a couple. Um, yeah, and that that's a good point, and um, that's a good time to bring up one of the greatest videos. I bang on about this all the time, but one of the greatest videos I've ever seen in my life, where it's Q-Tip. Uh, no ID and Kanye West, they're all hanging out. And Q-Tip's just there by like the um by the turntables. Not even the turntables, it's just like a record player. And he's playing this song. I think I want to say it was I can't remember what the name of the song was. I'll see if I can find it. But he's basically playing this song and he finds like the bit where he wants to sample and he just does this thing with like the record where he just put places the needle just right, where he's basically making the sample in front of No ID and Kanye West's face. And you can just see Kanye West freaking out, and you could see the fan in him come out. Like we know Kanye West is this egotistical, like this guy who calls himself a god and what have you. But in yeah. that moment right there, he was just a fan. He was just a fan of music, and it, it was great to see. No idea, man. Lost TV exclusive. I was just saying, I yeah, he was probably basically essentially a teenager. He's just harking back to how he felt when he was when he was listening to Tribe, weren't he? And and yeah, like you said, it's 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 good to see Kanye in that light. And yeah, just um, he he must must have felt surreal for him in that moment because um. You know, he's whatever day to day stuff, how mad he is. You know, so being the sport of Trump, slavery didn't, didn't was just a choice and all that shit. But yeah, in that moment, it's, it's good to see. And um, just yeah, just uh, it's just it's still strange to this day to the fact that he's, he's signed to good music. And I just hope, um, I hope to do more collabs in the future, to be honest, because I know Kanye's done, he finally released a collab with Kid Cudi with Kid Sea Ghost recently. And that that was been on the table for a while. So hopefully we see a collab album with Q-Tip and Kanye. That would be insane. That has got me rock hard just thinking about. <laughs> um, talking of collabs, I just think without Kanye, without Q-Tip, sorry, there would be no Kanye. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he'd agree to that as well. It'd be a very different type of Kanye, I reckon. He he wouldn't probably wouldn't be successful. Uh, and he has said, yeah, himself, like he's openly said, like songs like Heard Them Say, he said, I was basically just trying to make a tribe beat, um, which makes sense. And um, I think we've got to throw in Jay Diller as well into, well, the whole of the humour into the mix exactly. there. The humour. Comes out in Kanye's music. I'm glad he said that because Heard Them Say is probably still one of my favourite Kanye songs to this day. Oh, beautiful song, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, apart from like the, the whole AIDS conspiracy um, <laughs> mentioned in that song, that's nah, a bit weird. But apart from that, great song, great song. We're in an age of anti-vaxxers, Lou, which we discussed on the Rappers podcast, Freddie Gibbs and Royce, remember. So, you know, we're not going to, we won't let them slide, but there's weirder, there's weirder shit out there right now. Yeah, there is weirder shit. Don't be injecting any antiseptic or, or is it, no, hand sanitizer. Don't be injecting any hand sanitizer into yourself. Don't listen to Trump. Oh, I've got to tell the story. What, so, no, get on this. I haven't, but get on this, yeah. A few days before Trump says that on the air. I can't believe I'm telling this story on the podcast, but 
So my mum, yeah, she's um, she she's got a headache, so she wants to take some uh, some paracetamol, but she likes taking the dispersible kind. And um, yeah, so she grabs some of the cup and puts some in some water, and then uh, she goes upstairs, goes to the toilet, comes back down, drinks the water. There's dispersible stuffs in there, and then she starts feeling the insides literally burning, the lips are burning. Yeah. So, so she's screaming. She's like, and she thinks my dad's like put bleach in her drink. He's <laughs> just like, she screams. She's like, Paul, what have you done? You put bleach in my drink. And he's like, what are you on about? What have you taken? What blah blah blah. So my dad. So she's like, it's just a paracetamol in the cupboard. So he goes in the cupboard, and there's two sets of of different pills next to each other. It's paracetamol, and then it's um, it's like the the antiseptic, um, you know, stuff that you put in and um, dissolve it to clean stuff with. And they look exactly the same, apparently, the packaging. Oh, jeez. But that sounds like an unfortunate episode. <laughs> yeah, legit. So my dad goes, you've taken bloody antiseptic tablets here, you idiot. And she's like, oh, my God. So they, they're Googling, like, what the fuck happens? Do I have to go to the hospital, get my stomach pumped? Obviously, in this time of need, she doesn't want to do that shit. But it yeah. just said keep pump, keep drinking loads of fluids, just constantly drink fluids and it'll flush it out. So she's there sipping on like a four pinter of milk, just trying to fucking get everything out. Yeah. I, I, I think the only thing you can do in that situation is just put on the only fool's theme song. You just, you just gotta have it on standby for that moment. Yeah. Either that or the cave theme. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but eventually, after a few hours, <clears throat> she just keeps drinking fluids, and she's all right, so she didn't have to get her stomach pumped or anything. Um, but, yeah, and then it was hilarious that a few days later, Donald Trump says that shit on the air, and we're like, that can't be legit. The same thing <laughs> he's doing. We just said, so at least my mum's 100% not going to get corona. <laughs> well, it's good to hear she's all right. Yeah, she's fine. You can, you can play that, by the way, I want that you can play that on AM fan with that. <laughs> nice one. Uh, um, so 2015, we get Go. Um, again, feature the Chemical Brothers featuring Q-Tip. Um, pretty good song. Pretty good song. Everything getting harder to find. Everybody jumping out of their mind. Everybody going out of their skin. See, we get to the end, but that's where we begin. You feel it? Mannequins and we breaking the mold. Breaking out and we breaking the codes. Similar to the Jack who stole to the depths in your wet, so you take explosive. So get it out. Send your body to flight. Everybody got a target tonight. Everybody come along for the ride. All you studs and your duds and your ladies is fly. Was it go? Go, yeah. I think it was used on. I think it was used on a Nintendo advert. Yeah, um, yeah pretty, pretty decent. Pretty um, good. Definitely not as good as Galvanize, but Galvanize is just a. I think it's quite an iconic song. In all honesty, one of Chemical Brothers' well, most well-known songs. So I don't think they could quite top that, but. It's a really good combination. It's a good, good collab again. And the videos are always sick. The galvanized video with the, the black and white, and that was cool. And the Go video was good as well. Definitely. I mean, talk about galvanized being like, um, and I probably didn't give it its due actually while we were there, uh, while we were talking about it. But um, galvanized is one of them songs where I'm not a big fan of like any, like, I don't know what you want to call Chemical Brothers house music or dance music. But it's one of them songs that as soon as I heard it, I was like, this is sick. It's one of them songs that just crosses over, like, no matter what music you like. It's one. It's, it's a song that's just undeniable. It's just, just a great song. Like, it's it, everyone can like it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's, um, and for someone that hates EDC as much as you do, 
they must be doing something right if you can even like that song. EDC sounds like a sexual disease. And, <laughs> and probably is for a lot of people. Um, Here's a question. Would you happily get EDC if it meant you got you broke the four years streak? I have to know what the symptoms are. Got to know what the symptoms are. If 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 it gave me headaches like um like like the music genre does, then uh then I'd have to question it. I'd think about it. But uh, yeah, uh, Q-Tip has also gone on to host a radio show on Apple Music called Abstract Radio. And did you know Q-Tip is actually teaching a class at New York University's Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music in the Tisch School of Arts with journalist with journalist Ashley Khan. Um, and the course goes on to study connections between jazz and hip hop. And that is really so cool. And that must be like what happens when uh, when you actually pay for a good uni, because we, we just had Coolio come and play out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Um, it, twice, though, we played in, in uh, can't remember the places, one pub and then one so-called bar. So we've seen Coolio twice in one night. It could be worse. No, I, I don't know. Actually, could, could it be worse? I, I didn't make it to the second venue. I only saw him once. <laughs> I was fucked. Can but, confirm uh, that. Yeah. You don't, you don't even have to know. What, what night was it? Like, I was fucked. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's that's that pretty. Yeah. Uh, every night. Every night. Um, we also had two members of five turn up at UCLAN. <laughs> two members and Bugsy Malone as well in his early days. That's, but he didn't, he didn't rap, though. He just turned up. That's true. He just turned up and said hi and then fucked off. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had plenty of... Um, who's that That geezer from... Um, he does fire in the booth. What's his name? Charlie Sloth. Oh, Charlie yeah. Sloth. Yeah. Charlie Sloth, yeah. We had plenty of him on the mic. He was chipping away all night long. <laughs> Bugsy Malone turns up, doesn't say a fucking word. <laughs> Shakes a few hands and goes... Actual liar performer doesn't say a shit all. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but uh, wish yeah, that is cool though. Like you said, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Q-Tip appreciated. Again, it goes back to the you can tell he's just um, he reads and he studies shit. It was like him studying in, in a way. Imagine the moisture in that class. I imagine it would be like a scene from Indiana Jones, like you know in. I can't remember which Indiana Jones it is, but the girl's like, um, she's blinking and she has I love you written on her eyelids. I imagine that's what it's like for like Q-tip all the time. <laughs> what, with men, women, uh, transsexuals and just any creed and colours? Anything, anything, you know. Even my, cats? Even cats. I imagine they want, want a piece of him, but um, I don't imagine he's into bestiality. Um, yeah. That's all. We don't want our hero here being one of them. No, I will say that though. Actually, like I've not, I've not seen any celebrity that's been into bestiality. So, um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's good going. I mean, just your standard pedophilia, but no bestiality. That yeah, we know. pedophilia, some, some, uh, some drugging people's drinks, but no, no. Maybe, be- ne- maybe necrophilia. I don't know. I've not found. Oh, at necrophilia, actually, there might what be. About, a... what, about, what about Glenn Jacobs, the, the the mayor of Knox County? Well, again, let's let's not get sued because he, he's probably he can probably sue us himself. He can probably doesn't even have to hire a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but he's, uh, you know, I'm talking about Kane. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Let's uh, let's make that that sure on and uh, note it down on the legal <laughs> record. Yeah, that, that's that's on the that's on the record. 
that's on the record. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there any other like Q chip um, like highlights should be solo career that you want to throw in there? No, I mean, I feel like you've covered most bases. Um, obviously, we've, we haven't discussed is the uh, is Anderson Pack song, uh, Cheers. We get to that. We get to that. We'll get to that more in depth, which is is good to hear. But there's that. There's a, there's, there's quite a lot of him. I feel like he's making the rounds recently as well. Um, I feel like I've. I let me just have a little little search because I've listened to some recently with him on. Um, while you while you search for that, I will also um, mention he did perform with Prince. Um, like Prince, he, or he was performing at one of his shows, and he was doing vibrant thing. And then Prince came out on stage and started doing like um, started playing like guitarist to vibrant thing. And then like it, it was insane. Prince left the stage, then he went into a ward tour. And I've got to say that's that cool. that's one of the best videos I've ever seen. <laughs> That's so cool. I bet so, you he was an, another hero of his as well. Um, oh yeah, they, they were mates as well, I think. Really, yeah. And needless to God, say, the amount of pussy them two must have got to go on a night out together. Jesus. Defo and, and Dave Chappelle was mates with both of them as well. So imagine that night out, Dave Chappelle, Prince and Q-Tip. Imagine them pool parties. Fuck me. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I, I'm, I'm flagging it, yeah. So, yeah. Q-tips were making the rounds recently. So, and I obviously discussed Cheers. Um, also, Hitman from the Gangstar album, the new the, the new Gangstar album, the posthumous one with Primo um, producing it, is is really really fucking good, really strong. Like, I have my doubts about that, but that album, because you do about any posthumous album, but that's one of the best posthumous albums you'll hear. I got the thing, thing. It's in the sling. Here it is. Let me let it bring. With the... He had a feature on Combat by Danny Brown and he also co-produced the entire album. He was the executive producer. It's a combat zone. Everything what they own. Red top, blue top, get the green on the block. It's a combat zone. Everything what they own. Red top, blue top, get the green on the block. It's a combat zone. Trying to get that bad. Catch that lick, get that bad. It's a combat zone. Trying to swerve from 12. It never fails when you're going through hell. It's a combat zone. Catch the lick real quick. Combat. Get the bag, get the bag. There was also random, random combination, but it was pretty good. Uh, New Breed, with it was James BKS, Idris Elba, and Little Sims and Q-Tip all on a tune together. That is so random. Yeah, <laughs> no. And the most recent one, 2020, was on Eminem's new album, used to be made by, and it's the song Ya yeah, Ya, yeah, which has got Royce on, Royce the Five Nine, Eminem, Black Thought. Mr. Porter and Q-Tip, and Q-Tip does the, the hook on it. And um, it's, yeah, class song, and that's the most recent thing that he's done. So, over yeah, over the last two, three years, he's he's been he's been getting about more. Him and Andre 3000 have been doing more features, and, and it's really good to see. I did not know he was on a new Eminem album. I'm going to have to check that out. 
That's me. I did not know that. Yeah, you need to, the new Eminem album's good, man. You'll like it. It's it's his best, probably the best thing he's done in in a while. Better than recovery. It's better than a, a revival. Sorry, yeah, he's got he's had so many albums with begin with R. It's 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 hard to, to differentiate. But uh, yeah, so that was a uh, shit. But and um, Kamikaze was decent. But yeah, this this one was probably better than them too. So check it out, especially this song. It's just amazing to see just. Absolute legends of the nineties, all on one one tune together. Effort, um, and just to round off Q Tip, um, some other great songs I've got to give a shout out to. Uh, Come Close remix, um, which is Common, Eric Badu and Pharrell. Uh, really good. Listen to that. Um, there is a She Wants to Move the Native Tongues remix, which this is one of the greatest lineups I've ever heard. Uh, so obviously you've got NERD on there, and you've got Common, Mosdef, and De La Soul. So, whoa, insane. That's um, it. Oh, mate, it's a sick song as well, actually. It's really good. It's heavy potato salad. So good. And I've, one that also we got mentioned as well is the song Girls, 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 um, with uh, obviously the Jay-Z song. But again, another great lineup. You've got Jay-Z, Q-Tip, Slick Rick and Bismarcky. Of course, that the apart from Jay-Z, the rest are just doing the hook. That's a great song for me. Probably Jay-Z's might be his second best album. Oh, Blueprint. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And a great, yeah, great song. <sighs> it's what, oh, bless you. It's one of them, uh, it's one of them songs where like, when you hear it, like it'll just get stuck in your head for ages. It's just, yeah. just brilliant song he's openly racist on that song i'll be honest towards the asian community but bless you again but it is a great song very catchy yeah very catchy just like that cut that that sneeze there hay fever the pollen is out at the moment folks right just be praying it's only hay fever geezer yeah don't worry i uh well i don't use protection but i don't really need to at the moment uh, uh, we, we talk about because a post- I have a trusting girlfriend. That's why. <laughs> I'll talk more about the corona, but um, but, yeah. Oh, but thought you were talking about um, the EMPD uh, AIDS. <laughs> the new the new sexual diseases. Um, now we're we're only talking about a posthumous album. We're not going to do a posthumous uh, podcast, hopefully. <laughs> Working out, I'd be sad. That would be sad. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> thing. Posthumous podcast. Oh Jesus, we we pioneer it. <laughs> yeah, grab the razor blade now. <laughs> oh, we're gonna be Jesus. Um, so it's gonna be hunting us down, Dennis. <laughs> so now we've we've done with the old Q-tip. Let's go on to Five Dog. Yeah, uh, this will probably be a lot shorter, like. But... Yeah, I was about to say that the next. When we cover the next three members, yeah, we're, we're going to get through these pretty quickly. Um, so Fife Dog, he done Set the Mood slash Ghost Weed Skip, which was a De La Soul song uh, featuring Fife. Uh, Fife was uncredited. Really good song, actually, from De La Soul's album in 2000. Uh, I can't remember the name of it at its current moment. I'll see if I can find it. But a uh, decent album, really good song. Um, check that one out. And yeah. Fives basically, he's um, there's like this comic skit where like one of the members of uh, Baylor is saying, "Oh, you can't sound like like Fife," and he's like, "I can sound like Fife." And then uh, basically, like he, I think he smokes some weed or something, 
and then Fife just raps out like a cappella, pretty much like the verse. Really good, actually. Uh -huh. Anyone try test? I put two in a chest. Quest or no quest? I leave venues a mess. Like don't a ask me to collab. Me and you don't mess. I stay fresh from the flesh, never front in the fest. In the name of J Christ, all might so get blessed. Peak power possess, flavor style finesse. What? Microphone, honey's two things I caress. To all you fake jiggy niggas, still not impressed. Queens, I rep it to the fully. You think I own the mess? That's cool. Both are really good on features as well, aren't they? Uh, who would you say is the better of the two on, on features? I mean, I know more recently, Q-Tip's done some killer features, especially. But uh, I feel like back then, Fight Dog was putting out the better features, so it's hard. I'm, I mean, the thing is, it sounds like very biased because I've talked about how much I love Fife, um, and we both have. But um, I'm gonna have to say Fife again, just because, like, when he does do a feature, he's probably not got as many like like the Fife ones you have to like hunt out, and a lot of them I hadn't actually heard before doing research for this. But when you do hear them, he does carry a song. He'll like do it, especially in like '92 as well when he was first doing features. He would just like. He would have a, a, a verse that's like fucking like 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 sixteen bars or like even longer than that. Yeah, yeah, it's just completely blow your head off. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, the album was called De La Soul. Album was called Artificial Intelligence, um, Mosaic Thump. Um, good album. Check check it out. Anyway, so yeah, Five Five Speech was uh, was a song on. By Ambivalence featuring Fife, released in 2000 as well. Committed uh, by Ambivalence again featuring Fife. It's a great song where he's um, committed. He said he's committed to a tribe called Quest, no matter if they're broken up or not. He also does reference R. Kelly too. Um, not again. Not again. Not again. An interesting thing to actually like note about that song is that he actually met, he actually shouts out every member of Tribe apart from Q-Tip. So still a little bit of beef, it's, it seems mm. like. <laughs> gonna, how the fuck do you, do you shout out Tribe without Q-Tip? That's hilarious. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it just goes to show the beef as it started. You know, we mentioned it at the end of the last part, the whole scuffle and how it transpired. You know, it wasn't the whole core of Tribe. It was more just a beef between the two um, integral members. So I think with the other members of the group, they were all okay with each other. But it was more just the two most important parts of it that weren't, weren't getting on. Definitely, yeah. It, uh, that's spot on, yeah. J just to mention that Committed song as well, it does sample Here We Go by Amelia uh, Ripperton. Again, like just showing her influence in hip-hop is for all to see. Yeah. Another song by Ambivalence called What's the Deal featuring Fife. What's the deal with these MCs lyrically? Uh, are you killing folks physically or musically? Mm. It's time we do this for the youth by simply saying something. Too many cats running around and not saying nothing. As a brother, I'm so sick of black and black crime. If we don't see it, then we bound to hear it in the rhyme. Next song is uh, Hold Your Kana, 
in 2000, Mastermind Nefarious featuring Fife Dog. How you mean? Dead them all. We're not afraid none at all. Right. Them can handle us. Mr. Matt Ranks and Nefarious. Teaching the youth them something at the same time. Party jumping. Rock up on your teeth trying to fight the tough dumpling. So he's getting, a, he's getting about in that year. And um, of course, 2000 is when he releases his, uh, to this, to, at the time of recording to this date, his only solo album, which of course is Ventilation uh, de LP. And sad enough to say, not that great. I know. What do you think happened here? I don't know. It's you've, just... got, if you've got Jay Diller on production, you got Pete Rock on production. Like, it's not production, that's a thing, but. The thing with Fife, yeah, he could spit a killer verse, and he had, you know, so many. Yeah, did have some good solo songs, but at the end of the day, did he have the song structure to, to hold out an entire multiple songs, multiple, like an, an entire album? And the one and only album here was proof that I don't, I don't know if he did without Q-Tip bouncing off him. You know what? What do you think? It's one of them where like, I wouldn't go so far, I'd say it's a bad album, but I definitely wouldn't say it was a good album. It's kind of like the Galacticos, like Real Madrid era, where you'd be like, none of them are bad players. Luis Figo, Ronaldo, none of them are bad players, like Zidane. But in the years where they, they properly had all the Galacticos together, they didn't win anything. And just sometimes it just happens. Just sometimes you can have like your great... Sorry? They didn't win anything. When no, I mean, it, what what year are you talking about there? So I'm I'm discounting the Champions League wins because I don't think that was proper Galacticos because that I'd say when David Beckham joins them, that's when they start to become the Galacticos and they and really yeah they, they didn't win anything until 2007 when the Galacticos had kind of been broken up like Zidane had retired I think Figo probably retired or was playing in what like 2004 and that like they weren't winning anything. Didn't win anything. What the fuck? Barca were on top then? Yeah, they were. Let me... I'll double check. And also you had Valencia as well, the um, Rafa Benitez time as well. But yeah, they, I don't think they won anything in those years. So are you saying Fife is um, he's one, a one-man Galactico who um, who had one album that just didn't quite hit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's saying that that team of like Jay Diller, Pete Rock and Fife, you know, all great players... But just sometimes it just doesn't happen. Sometimes you just you just don't win any trophies. Like it just, just yeah. happens. Yeah. Also, it could be a case of with the Q-tip. The difference is, yeah, he took except with Amplifier, but he probably record, recorded a lot of his shit over time and took years, you know, to perfect it and that and work on it. Whereas I don't know with this two years on the love movements, and I just find that Fife maybe just for, forced it in a way, and just like he may have rushed it, and when he didn't need to. Yeah, that could be another reason. Um, also, though, talking about the Galacticos, they did, in those that period, they did actually win the Champions League. However, sadly, that was in the film Goal 2, not in reality. <laughs> Goal 2 was like, what year was that? 2000... I would say 2005. Just, or could be. I'm just in the dark there. But it, it, I You think should know. It, You've watched that recently. I have, Yeah. Doesn't hold up to the first one. 2007, spot on, geezer. Yeah. You know, I know that. I've still got that on DVD back at home. Oh, really? I thought I'm, you just I'm, sh- I'm ashamed to admit that. Again, it's not a terrible film, but it's not a good film. 
you know what? I'm just thinking, you know, the guy, I don't know if it is actually, I don't know what that just popped in me up, but you know the guy who plays Varga on Better Call Saul? Mm. I don't know why he reminds me of a, um, a white version of him. The, guy, well, the main guy in goal. I'm not going to say the word racist. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just making shit up there on either side by side of that. No, that's, yeah, I mean, it's because he's like kind of bald as well, especially in that film. He's bald in the whole trilogy, I believe. But... Handsome geezer too, isn't he? Oh, very handsome geezer. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, they look similar, you know. I'm onto something here. <laughs> so, so, talking about goal two, though, while we're just quickly on this point, just a quick tangent. But, right, I'm watching that film, right? And, yeah. and I'd love to do that's why there were bollocks about goal two. But, right, end of the film, you get, like, the Champions League final, right? First goal scored by, I think it was like Gavin Harris, who was like the second to main character, so fair play. Then the main character scores yeah, a goal. The, the wacko to your Tomka. Yeah, he's, he's basically Craig Bellamy, people have said. <laughs> and, and, then, uh, what, and then doesn't Beckham score the winning goal? Yeah. So Beckham gets the winning <laughs> goal. Why did they do that? He's had nothing to do with the film. <laughs> he's had one scene, I think, in the whole film where he may or may not have spoken and he's no, had one shot in the whole film where he's getting changed in the in the dressing room. And I don't think he speaks at all. He says like one or two lines in the first goal film. And suddenly he's in the fucking freeze frame at the end of the film with all three <laughs> celebrating. What the fuck? I've done a side by side. So the actor who plays Nacho from Better Call Saul, Michael Mondo. Right. Google him and Jim and then Google uh, Santiago Munez. The real name is Kuno Becker. Right. Tell me they don't look alike. <laughs> they do, actually. Eh? Honestly, they do. Yeah. Mm. To, to wrap up, what do you think in it, any songs that you liked from, from the album? I mean, what, what do you think of Flawless? Well, it's interesting you mention uh, uh, that song Flawless. On the song Flawless, Fife says um, that Jive turned him and Q-Tip against each other. He says in the lyrics, As for Jive, I know they hate on how I blow up the spot. How quickly they forgot what got their ass on top. What they figure, I bust my ass to feed their dirty ass kids. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck am I, Britney Spears. These cats will turn you against your brethren. I'll let you, if you let them, and how. As for job, I know they hate on how I blow up the spot. How quickly they forget what got their ass to the top. What they figure, I bust my ass to feed their dirty ass kids. It kind of like, it's, in a way, it's kind of good. It's, it's nice to hear that, like, he's not blaming Q-Tip. He's sort of blaming the record label. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it raises questions. What went on with Jive? Because from what I've heard about why he didn't like Jive, yeah, it's a bit annoying, but it doesn't sound like a reason for all this vitriol that they have towards him. There must be something else that I'm not quite aware of. Do you So, coming from your point of view, do you think it's you can't see that's the reason then? Like, do you think it's, it is more personal animosity or is it just for reasons you can't see that it could be the, the label? I honestly don't know. It's one of them where, like, a tribe called Quest. Honestly, when I was re- researching the Beatles series, 
um, it was very easy to find loads of different sources of like loads of different stories about them. With Tribe Called Quest, they keep their personal life very personal. It's very hard to find out exact reasons. Um, it's, it's hard to say, to be honest with you. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Mm. Yeah. Well, and we may never know. That's the thing, unfortunately. But I think with this album, yeah, samples, some great samples on there. You had the Common sample. I used to love it. You had a um, um, Big Daddy Kane sample on there too, a Gil Scott Heron sample. So, we, like I said, production weren't a problem. I just think at the end of the day, Fife couldn't really, he's not, without Q-Tip, he couldn't hold a hook and a chorus completely on his own. And also, you know, he didn't he, he didn't have too many decent features on here. He had a lot of people um, I've never really heard of before. Not that that's a problem, but I didn't think they stood out. I feel like if it's a, you know, a Fife fully rapping album, his first one, get someone from Delaware on there or get some of your native tongue brothers to feature on there. Do you know what I mean? Or like, just pull in some of the people from like rapper who was current at the moment and something that was missing on there. I think he needed a bit of help um, from from better rappers. Definitely. I mean, I think, and again, this is a bit weird. You might agree with me or not. I reckon Fife Dog is like Chad Gable. He's great when he was in that tag team. Brilliant. One of the greatest wrestlers on the roster. You saw some of like those matches. Incredible. That's a solo wrestler. Just, just not quite doing it. Mm, completely disagree because that's that's down to the way he's booking. Chad Gable could be a star. He's amazing on amazing wrestler. So I've, been, watched, I've only I've not really watched a lot of him recently. What is his booking been a bit shit? As his book, he's been been given the gimmick Shorty G. You do the yeah. fucking math. I, I saw that Survivor Series. That was a yeah. bit. Weird. He's someone that needs to leave and. Um, Good thing, obviously, with the releases, Rusev, he's been released. He should go on to New Japan and be a machine. And uh, Revival, they've already been uh, teased on, on being the elite. They were teased on it this week, so we should be getting that sooner rather than later. Definitely. Could you say, then, that Five Dog is like... And again, I don't want to sound racist. Five Charlie Boss. <laughs> I was going to say Charlie Hoss, but also Devon Dudley. Mm. Great in a tag team. Yeah. Don't make it, but in a tag team, he's great, brilliant. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. I've seen Reverend Devon. I've seen um, Devon's attempt as a as a leading a faction in in TNA. So yeah, I could agree with that one. Yeah. yeah. And um and yeah, I mean and and the main takeaway is uh, Five Dogs should have got Batista on his album. <laughs> So 2003, we get Will I Am featuring Fife Dog, uh, Narmeen. Great song. Um, there's some lyrics from the song, and I don't know if it's a diss or not, but just listen to him. Let me know what you think. Amplified, I think a million was sold. Shahid and Lucy Pearl, I think a million was sold. I'm the only one from Dry who didn't get to see gold. Yet I'm platinum in the streets, so my jewels you hold. Quadruple platinum if you let me tell it. From all the uh, land speed. Yeah, that's right, I said it. Them bitch ass niggas could have said they ain't know how to sell it. So when I'm seen in Cincinnati, I'm gonna straight hot take it. When I'm seen in Motown, I'm a straight JD it. Fife dog, left hand on penis, you not see it? One time for your mind, don't make me tap your jaw. I rep this fight for El Salvador to Baltimore. Great song, and as I referenced before, um, it's great to hear that. Like, you know, we had that discussion before about all these people were um, talking about how much they love Fife after he died, but mm. how many of them actually got him on one of their tunes. And Will I Am, lovely bloke, and 
proven it again here. Just he true to his word. He, he got Fife on a song, and and great great song as well. And it's just good good to you know good to hear. He you know backed it up his his love of Fife Dog. So yeah, it's good. So yeah, so what do you make of the song? Yeah, no, it's good. It's from a, a good album as well. Right before. Black Eyed Peas, unfortunately. Well, they had a couple of good years after this, but it would be hella sold out. But, yeah, it was good to see that uh, uh, Will I Am gave back to one of his heroes, probably his biggest influence. He's always rapping about him and all of his, his lyrics. And it's good to see it. It's just weird that we sort of... He had an album in 2000 and then didn't do anything to 2003. It's a bit sad in a way, because it's like... You're Fife, yeah, who's this awesome lyricist, great, great MC that... Just didn't feel like he was getting the. I don't know if this was his doing, his decisions to just be on a low profile, but it's like he weren't getting the features and the shine that he should have been. Definitely, and that's a very interesting discussion. I mean, it can go. It, it can go one of two ways. It can either be like you say, he wasn't getting the shine that he should have been, or because Tribe on all of their records, they were all credited as songwriters, so they all would have been getting the royalties. So maybe he didn't need to. Maybe he was just getting enough money off the tribe royalties. So let's hope it's that. Maybe it's, he didn't need to do it. Yeah, no, I hope that's the case. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, whereas Q-Tip when was going in a different direction, when he was all about, he's wanting to make as much stuff as possible. So be interesting to say if Fife had unreleased the vault similar to Q-Tip, I doubt it, but you never know. Well, well, we talked about before, his unreleased album. That's uh, soon going to come out. Um, hopefully. Oh, fingers crossed. Um, so 2007, uh, five features in a basketball game, I believe it was a NBA 2K8, and apparently he was a playable character on the basketball games 2K7 and 2K9. Yeah, that's cool. Did, did he make him a foot taller? How did that work? Did he have, like, special <laughs> powers or what? Interesting. We'll have to play those games, see, see what happens. So um, I've been reading the Beastie Boys book and I'll mention that and um, as I said they're really good mates with with Tribe and uh, they were on tour I think they played like a few festivals together and that backstage and they used to play like basketball matches backstage together which is reading before that like uh, yeah Fife got into it with him um, not like fighting kind of thing but he was fuming at uh, one of the members of Beastie Boys because he like blocked one of his shots and Apparently, like he was, he wanted to be so good at basketball, five, but like his his height just let him down all the time, and he he get blocked off by anyone. I relate to that again. It just makes me love him even more. I just I relate to that, you know. Just yeah. it's more of a cock block though than a, than a basketball block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I have, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get another beer up. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, so it's interesting, actually, around this time, Malik's family, um, they sort of encouraged him to get more into sports. They encouraged him more to get into um, into the sports radio because um, he'd watch um, games and um, he'd talk to the television set like he was a commentator. And, um, and yeah, apparently Fife wrote articles for Slam and Rap Pages which I think were both like um, publications that accepted like sports articles. And he also recruited players for the all boys high school in Connecticut. And um, he was also a host of a sports radio show 
called The Fanalist. And um, there's a great actual episode with Chris Lighty and Buster Rhymes, actually. He's helped me out with quite a bit of research, actually, that, that episode. So, yeah, he was, he was keeping his, you know, he wasn't, even though he wasn't doing hip hop, he was still getting involved in sports, which was, which was good because, you know, he's a passionate sports fan. That's cool. I'll have to get that listen, definitely. Um, he could arguably have had a more successful career outside of hip hop than in hip hop after Tribe disbanded. That's definitely, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um, he, he's always talked about how he wished he was, like, he had the opportunity to be a sports journalist, but he never really studied much in school. So, oh, um, me and him have definitely got something in common. That's <laughs> what I did at uni, and fucking, I can attest to that. Again, like, he, he's such a relatable geezer, Five Dog. He's yeah. just a ledge. I know, the, the most. Ne- next thing he's going to say is he's going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Um... Well, the thing is, he was quite good with ladies, so you can't, I can't actually relate to him in that manner. But um, So he says, do you think he really was? Do you think, think he had the smooth talk down? I don't know. I don't think, it wasn't just him saying it. I think other people have said it as well, actually, so... I think it, it was, yeah, I think he yeah, was all right. Just his, uh, his body height, that was five foot then, hey? Hey. His penis. Sorry? <laughs> his penis. His old penis. Um, so 2014, pro- probably, I mean, we're, we're probably going to agree here, the best thing uh, that Fife has ever done solo, uh, Dear Dilla, is released. Mm. Hold tight. This ain't the last I'ma see you do time. That's my word, I'ma see you. And ass rappers down here still in issue. Posing like they hard when we know they are see cool. I'ma tell you, Dilla, why they lacking skills, pal. No stage presence, cadence, style. They living off the hooks. Skinny jean crooks, pre-K lyrics. What going on here, I reminisce, reminisce. When Mob dropped shook, Shan was down by law. Such a good look. And yeah, obviously a great, great song, emotional song. Probably one of the most emotional songs that you're ever going to hear. Um, and it is, of course, about the sad passing of Jay Diller. Of course, yep. you know, we've, we've gone on about, you know, one of the greatest producers of all time, mm. close friend of all his tribe as well. And um, he died, I believe, from something very similar to, uh, to to what would happen to Fife. And, I mean, the song in the video just speaks for itself, but it's brilliant. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like you said, the fact that they they both died from similar things, and like I think they can, they were they were both so secretive about it as well. And I, I imagine they 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 probably had a lot of you know secrets, emotional conversations with each other about it. And and there's two legend, absolute legends, die with the craft. And with Fife in the video, as you say, the video is so emotional. But you know what, Fife looks, you know, he's unwell at this point. Like, don't you think he looks so old and unwell in this video? His face just looks jaunt, like you can, you know, you can tell he's just not the, the same Fife that he was back in the day. And it's like, it's, the deterioration of Fife is happening in front of us while he's talking about the passing of Jay Diller, like, who's such an important aspect of the career growth of Tribe. And it's just, um, yeah, it's sad, but one of the, one of his most, one of the most introspective rap songs you'll ever hear, just um, emotional, beautiful. It's, some, it's a song that you can't listen to daily, I'll say that. Yep, I yeah, agree there. It's just 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 beautiful all round. Just um, uh, yeah, just just a great great song. And it's it's like it's great he had that as well. It was one of them songs where when he did die, it was um, I I was like um, I was on this radio show in Preston at the time. Shout out to City Beat, 
um, if it's still going. And yeah, they, this was being played like in rotation by by people who like hip hop on the show. It's one of them where it's good he did have like a solo song where you can point to and go, yeah, that was just mm. undoubtedly quality. Because this is the one for him, isn't it? I mean, we just discussed Q-Tip, had three solo albums, you know, he's had a lot of features and Fife got lost in the shuffle a bit in a way and, and whether that's his own doing, it could have been though, you know, most likely because of his health issues, he probably took it easy, you know, he, he did get married, he, he had a wife and his wife probably said, you know, you need to take it easy and he was making all the money off tribe, then then why why the fuck do it? If, if it's your health, your health comes first. But it's just like you say, it's really good to have a song where you can just point to and say, right, that, that was his song, that was his solo one. And before this song got released, he didn't really have that, but but this is it for him. And, you know, what a, what a beautiful song for him to, to go out on. Definitely, yeah. I mean, one of the big things to mention, which I probably skipped over, is that, yeah, he, he did get married to his wife. Uh, um, and again, you know, he, he was he seemed like a great husband. He seemed to love his wife. Um, a lot and we talk about this more when we come into um, his health problems but yeah he, he seemed to, to yeah have a really good relationship with his wife which is, is good to hear um, yeah um, so 2015 well you should also say the song Nutshell as well which came out shortly after his passing now I read that's a, that's a good song as well it's grown on me that song Undefeated, unblemished, underrated, unfiltered, unafraid, unaffected, Untouchable, unstoppable, unusual, underdog, unsurpassed, unyielding, unsupportive, fuck you and your feelings, unrelenting, unscathed, uncontrollable, unpleasant one, follow with me, feeling is mutual, and that's just me in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite a smooth one, I, I quite like it, good posthumous release. Definitely. On the 2nd of June 2015, Fife performed at a halftime show of the Toronto Rapids versus the Clippers basketball game. So, you know, still keeping his eye in there with, his, with the sports. Um, yeah, I, I've, all, I've been to a Raptors game uh, when I went to Toronto last year and couldn't confirm it's a, it's a hell of an atmosphere. I liked it. Yeah. And then, yeah, 2016, Fife released a solo song and music video called Soul Men and it actually featured a porn star, India Summers. Oh, my God. You must have been doing all sorts of that video. You were listening... You were, there was there was many Kleenexes for different different things going on right there. Different reasons, mate. I got through a few boxes that night, and uh, I also got these summers. Whoa, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and I've got to say, I love I love that name. It's a great pun. That India summers, you know, Indian summers. Yeah, just great great work, great with India summers, um, great character, great gimmick. You know, um, good name, like you said, good finishing move as well. So I think she's got the lot. Definitely, geezer. She is uh, PWI. Um, and in talking about porn, apparently in an interview with Jonah Hill, Q-Tip has told him that... Uh, that he actually had a porn addiction. Apparently, Jonah Hill and Q-Tip are good friends. Another reason to love Jonah Hill. 
and um, yeah, quality geezer, quality geezer, like probably like one of the most quality geezers. And yeah, apparently there, yeah, Q-Tip said he had a massive like addiction to a. Uh, oh, Jonah, to are you sure you're not the, the the white? Well, not white, but the the malnourished brown version of Five Dog. Are you just not him in a in a future life? No, so I'm saying Q-Tip had a porn addiction. Q-Tip had the porn addiction. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so it was an interview between Q-Tip and and Jonah Hill. <laughs> That's and, crazy. You'd yeah. think he'd be getting enough nothing to to you know contain himself. But no, yeah. it's probably you need to get his brother's password, bro. Definitely, definitely. Can you imagine the, all the secret one-on-ones he's got there. Right, I, I can no no doubt it. And and um, one of the things that was interesting actually is he talked about apparently when in the interview he talked about like a popular tape at the time was a, a Jane Kennedy uh, sex tape, and it just gives more and more like it, it gives a bit of added added backstory to the lyric in the Black Star song, um, uh, Brown Skin Lady, when she sang, she was like, Jane Kennedy. Oh, no, sorry, that was Miss Fat Booty, the, the uh, Moz Def solo song. And, yeah, apparently that was a popular uh, sex tape that was circulating around about that time, uh, the Jane Kennedy sex tape. So, uh, yeah, more backstory to that lyric. More backstory to the porn addiction. Like, never knew that about Q-Tip, but you, uh, you know, you, you tell me a lot of stuff about his personal life that I never thought I'd ever find out in a million years and you know i don't know if i'm glad for it but it's interesting it's good I, i'm just i'm just glad i, I can relate to the geezer because like an all-round handsome yeah. and like i didn't think i could relate to the geezer but that is one thing we do have in common yeah you're not as far as parts from q-tip as you think let's hope so let's hope so 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 we've got to move on now to ali shaheed mohammed and uh yeah, I mean, again, on he had that song on Black on Both Sides, which he's uh, got, uh, we talked about before. In 2000, he had the song. Well, in 2000, he had a group with um, Dawn from In Vogue and uh, Raphael Sadiq from Tony, Tony, Tony. And the group was called Lucy Pearl. And their only album was also called Lucy Pearl. Uh, actually, a really good album. What would you make of that? Uh, I can't say I've listened to that. You might have heard that song. Um, I think it's called "Stay Away from My Man." That song. That that's pro- that's one of them where it was. Um, you probably have heard that one at some point on like an advert or TV show. Don't mess with my man. That's what that song's called. It's actually a, a really good album, actually. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. I know he didn't... I think he had one solo release album that you'll get to, but... And the thing with Shahid is he's got a lot of uh, production credits, but they're just sort of... Um, I don't know. They're, they're, they're quite, it's quite underground. They're niche and all underground stuff, but he's more the guy, and it was the same thing as he was in Tribe. He's the, he's the, 
he's like the peacemaker and he's like the the guy that brings people together and like brings rappers together and I know that's what he's done with with Q-Tip and, o- and other rappers and it's what he's done with himself like I think he was just a guy that takes takes a step back just studies what's going on in rap right now he might do a little a little bit of help and production there and you know you know just that kind of thing he's just um yeah he's like a bit of a bit of a peacemaker really definitely yeah um and and talking about that album actually yeah 2004 he released his debut album um Shahidula and stereotypes it's been a minute, uh-huh, and since then a lot of weight is on my plate. I vacate my mind state. You still doubt what my beats bring out. Your neck and head not is selling you out. Age and time made better than wine. My whole lifeline living in my prime. Talking about, sorry, y'all, it's not radio material. Record execs, you're Helen Keller catching the check. It's okay, boss, just know that when we deal, it's going to cost. We have to break the bank to pull us off. And I believe he's got one that might be also in the works that he's been teasing for a while. So we might be waiting on that. I've not heard that album, actually, so I can't give you anything about it. Have you heard that one at all? No, I can't say. I've heard that one that's... Um, I know there's a, there's a song on there, Banger, that's like one of the... It's a banger, right? But that's the actual... It's called Banger, B-N-G-A, not B-N-G. ER, but we should listen to it and see if it actual if it actually is a banger. We should do, we should do. In 2016, Ali Shaheed Mohammed and Adrian Young released a soundtrack to the Luke Cage TV series, and I think they made music to the second series as well. Um, in 2018, um, they released an album called Midnight Hour. Um, from what I've heard, great album, absolutely brilliant. And the song Questions featuring CeeLo Green is actually sampled by Kendrick Lamar on Untitled 6. And if you get a chance, check out Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Mohammed's uh, Midnight Hour. Um, yeah, it's just the smoothest shit you've ever like, it's incredible. Yeah. Both are amazing. Adrian Young, he's uh, discussed it in the Rappers podcast, but he's been sampled a lot in rap. He's, um, he's been composed from the Prime album of Royce the Five and Nine, DJ Premier. And him and him and Ali on as a combination, it's just it's just unreal smooth combination. And I think with Ali, he's he's, he's a What's happened with him? He's just—he's like a fine wine. Like a lot of the, a lot of rappers and a lot of people on rap, actually, some of them do get better with age. And I think with him, his production has has got better with age. He's just been refining it for like a long time, and he's just getting better and better. And I think you'll see more stuff from him in the future. You know, you've seen him. He, he's the reason that Danny Brown and Q-Tip got together, and he, he obviously had a helping hand with that album. And yeah, I feel like he's someone that you should. Um, He's just going to get better and better with age. So, you know, I hope he drops more stuff. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's good you said that, actually. I was about to raise that point. I reckon of all of the members of Tribe, I reckon Ali Shaheed Mohammed, the best is yet to come. I reckon he's um, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Also, on that point, he doesn't seem to have aged a day in his life, by the way. <laughs> he looks the exact same as he did back in the 90s. Yeah. Um, very handsome geezer still. And, yeah, I think I echo your point there. I think the best is yet to come from, from him. Whoa. So are you putting Ali over your boy Tip? He's aged better than Tip, yeah. I mean, he's still 
still a handsome bloke, but not a patch from what he used to be. Mm. But, uh, but that with Ali, he's just uh, he's getting better with age. He is. He honestly, like if you look at a picture of him now and you look at a picture of him back then, they're the same geezer. Mm. It's madness, absolute madness. And there's an absolutely awesome picture of Ali on on Google Images. Yeah, he's mm. got he's got one of his purple uh, guitar, and he's got this like purple suit on as well. And if you know anything about me, my favorite color is purple. So if you put like a girl's face on this, then it's it's you know it's an explosion wait explosion in the sky waiting to come for me. Oh mate, I am. Uh, to if I was... come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was, I would be going mental. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he does. I'm looking at pictures of him side by side right now, right? He looks the exact fucking same as he did. <laughs> oh, I want to know what moisturiser he's been using. It's ab- absolute madness. It's mental. It's honestly mental. Um, I'm say that the black don't crap thing is, is legit. Definitely, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, at least you The white boy definitely cracks every day of living and breathing. Yeah, sadly. And the, the Malmo's Colombians, whew, don't even think about it. I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's a weird one with my skin, I think. It's just my, my bad nutrition. Anyway, but Ali Shahid Mohammed, he also hosted a, um, went on to host a radio show on NPR called Microphone Check, which I've not heard, but I can imagine would be sick. So uh, get in there. Yeah, get in there, my son. Get in there, my son. Um, so, um, and we're not done with solo members. We've also got a bit of Jerobi. He's got a bit of music. We got Jerobi's had a solo career. He has, yes. In 2012, he formed a group called Evitan with Drez from Black Sheep, and they released an album called Speed of Life. Um, and it's okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, cool. That that's some underground shit that I haven't even heard. So fair play, Jerobi. Yo, let me show you what I'm about, man. Climb dumb MCs like they was Kings Mountain. Sold them in the fountain to see if shit floats. Jerobi got them obscure quotes. Maybe if you like me, just post. There'll be another dose of what to leave written. Wordplay differently crude to these kittens. They easily smitten with a unique physique. Rhymes on repeat. Wild child must be. Jar of Obi Wan jewels as I school fools. Roby one plus women equal two. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, I wouldn't go so far to say it was like amazing, but it wasn't bad. It was, it was okay. It was okay. Is Spotify available? It's Spotify. It's on Spotify. Yeah, it was. Um, it was one of them where, to be honest though, when I was listening to, it, I was doing Christmas shopping and stuff, so I probably wasn't in the best like place to really take in the lyrics, but um, it sounded good. It sounded good. That's good. That's good to know. He's a good guy. He's a good geezer. And um, as we'll get to on the last album, also you did say probably got better as he got on. I mean, I know he didn't. I think he only featured on the first Tribe album. And other than that, the last one. But it's like, oh my god, where was he for so long? He's fucking. He's really. He's actually really good. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even really feature on the first one. The only thing you can hear from him on the first one is um him on um El Segundo, where he just like says like. It wasn't even rapper, you know, just 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 shit chimes in. But yeah, he's just um, shooting the shit, shooting the shit. Yeah, um, and and I think we go on for the working man. Another one for the working man. I've got to open another one in a sec as well. Actually, um, another thing to talk about, Jerobi, is um, he got married in Dave Chappelle's compound. 
<laughs> That's so random. It is. So Dave Chappelle and Jerobi are mates. You must, yeah, but keeping up with all the tribe members, boys with them, even even Jerobi, he's not letting him be the little jobber, even though he's treated as one in tribe. He's like, no, no, I'm fair here. What do you think that wedding looked like? Do you think there was just, uh, it was like naked women everywhere and like, you know, it was just like popping popping, uh, pills and, and, you know, and smoking blunts or do you think it's more respectable, man? Because Jerobi seems like a respectable man, doesn't he? I think he is a respectable man. That might be the reason he got away from it. Maybe like you know, obviously to to do his music. Uh, we we should I should also mention that he plans to open up a new restaurant, and he's got a, <laughs> he's got a cooking a vegan show. restaurant for his vegan ass. Is he vegan? <laughs> I don't know. He probably though. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, he's he's got a, a restaurant. He's planning to open up and um, a cooking show as well on the way um, that he's he's working on. So um. So again, Jerobi's got some good things on Ta- the horizon. Talented geezer, then, not just um, in rap. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's branching out in a lot of fields there. Fair play. Five Dog, he's um, actually in an interview. He said about Jerobi that like, he is so talented. I wish he could just pick one thing and go for it, and uh, he'd be successful. And um, maybe that was his problem. He just did too many things, maybe. But yeah. Yeah, too many, uh, too many hands in too many pockets, like you. Well, yeah, my, my hand is in my pocket for uh, for non-nefarious reasons, for very, uh, very uh, non- uh... Well, you are anemic, so just to keep them warm, right? Exactly, exactly, possibly anemic. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, drove a bit of a solo career. Uh, anyway, so we get <laughs> on to, we get on to, um, to some reunions they had, not the reunion, but we get on to some reunions they had. Uh, in 2003, um, they had a song called Violator, <laughs> funny enough, oh, God. Um, featuring Erica Badu. And actually, good song, decent. Shout out Chris Light. They're always shouting out the Violator himself, aren't they? Definitely. He would have been a good wrestler, wouldn't he, though, that gimmick, the Violator? I don't know. I mean, I think we had that wrestler. <laughs> Maybe in ECW. He's, we, we had that wrestler. His name was Viscera, and he weren't very good. Jesus. Do you remember that finishing move? He just lay on top of you and gyrate on you. Well, <laughs> it might, well, it might not be his finishing move, but it was one of his signature moves. Yeah, gyrating Jerry. Mm. <laughs> Madness. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> I know, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Another dead person. Another dead one. Yeah, he, he had a bit of a rapper gimmick as well. Man on the mission, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, big Daddy V himself. What a sexy geezer. Uh, well, yeah, I don't join you on that. <laughs> he's, no, he's no Ali. Like. I will say this, though. And, and again, you're not going to agree with me. I don't think he was as bad of a worker as people make him out to be. I've seen he did a good spinning heel kick. I, mm. I, I don't think he was awful. He was not great Carly levels. He's not like obviously a, a good wrestler, but he's mm. he's not like fucking horrendous. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't 1995 King of the Ring worthy. Winner. No, yeah, D- Diesel and and uh, and Viscera should not be headlining a pay per view. That is, yeah. Mm. Just like you know, you shouldn't be. But as you know, myself, I'm main event worthy. You know, you could stick you on the bottom of a card um, in PCW, and yeah, it's fine there. But we're talking WWE WrestleMania worthy. Mm. I reckon I'd be a good manager, me. I reckon I'd be a good manager. Yeah. What would your gimmick be? Um, it, I'd be violator. <laughs> get away! I'd be um, I'd be the self-deprecating guy. 
what I'd be, right? People would fight for the wrestling world then. Yeah, what they that they do is they people would slag me off and I'd go, Yeah, you're probably right there. But let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so two You're not put, you're not putting yourself over very well, are you? <laughs> Well, you not heard the rest of the promo. I'd ev- eviscerate them after that. I, yeah. I just everything they say to me, I just go, yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah, you're probably probably right there. But let me tell me tell me something about you, and then I just just go even harder on them. Uh, so you're you are terrible, but he's even more terrible than you. That'll basically be that. I'm not raising every, anyone up. I'm bringing everyone down. I'm a virgin. Well, I'm not a virgin, but but uh, but um. My success has been very good. Anyway, so 2004, a tribe called Quest performed at uh, the Voodoo Music Experience. Um, 2006, they performed at Bumba Shoot, and they did some other gigs. Uh, 2007, they performed at the Rock the Bells Tour. They did some other gigs as well. Um, and then they performed at Rock the Bells Tour 2008, and um, they did some more yeah. gigs as well. During the 2008 Rock the Bells Tour, uh, Fife was on dialysis. And you know they they we get onto this later, but apparently I think well they, they get on we, on the documentary they kind of detail that part of the reason they got on the they did the Rock the Bells tour in 2008 was because um like Fife was on dialysis and he needed the money for like the treatment is what they sort of imply there, and uh, yeah Fife was in poor health and sometimes he'd have to even lean on Jerobi just to perform. Um anyway during one performance Q-Tip came up to him. Uh, during a performance and said in front of everyone look alive fife and um and, uh, yeah and and fife yeah took offense to this you know understandably and um this was part of the main riff that happened between them then in 2008 in june 2008 q-tip did an interview with spin magazine and basically we see it in the, doc- the film a lot um that he basically five sees it as Q-tip throwing him under the bus, um, saying that he never had a problem with uh, with five. Five had a problem with me. Q-tip went on Twitter to rant about the article, and yeah, 2010 Tribe Called Quest performed on the Summer Sonic and Rock the Bells tour, and they would do some other gigs as well, uh, such as the wireless gig that I went to see as well. But yeah, yeah, so fractious times for them. Definitely, that Rock the Bells uh, festival must have paid them very well. They were they were back there uh, every year, weren't they? Must have been getting a good chunk of change for that one. Mate, you want to see the lineup for that festival? Absolutely oh, fucking insane. I'm already, I'm already on it. I'm I'm gutted this festival's not going anymore because I'd definitely be there. Like the heaviest hip hop lineups ever. Yeah, it's absolutely mental. Imagine that that being backstage there. Imagine it. Well, imagine seeing them beef though. That wouldn't be very nice. It would not be very nice at all, no. And, and audiences would actually get to see them beef in a lot more detail close up when a film was released about them on the 8th of July 2011, the documentary A Tribe Called Quest Beats Rhymes in Life, The Travels of A Tribe Called Quest was released. Um, it was made by Michael Rappaport. Um, who apparently has actually been friends with Q-Tip since the 90s. Um, yeah, massive hip-hop fan. If you don't know him, he's that he's, he's that actor. He's very crazy. He's a, he's a bit off his head. But I like him. He's, he's quite funny. He's quite funny. Uh, look up his filmography because he's been on a shitload. But it was just mad that he uh, 
he was that he just looked he's like the whitest guy ever and he's like and he's proper into hip-hop like he's such a big fan and the fact that he he just made this documentary i have no way like he must have been like the biggest tribe fan Definitely. I mean, and again, this geezer, I imagine he'd be sick to hang out with because not only is he a massive Tribe fan, he's actually, he must be a wrestling fan because anyone who's watching Network recently, mm. he is the voice of the Ruthless Aggression series as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah all the shit on there, like the 365 uh, series. So, what a geezer. I mean, he's, he clearly, come on, he'd be able to get on this podcast, Luke, wrestling fan and hip-hop fan. That, that ticks all boxes. Mate, if... if- if he starts, if he like, if he doesn't own, then only fools and horses documentary that I've just not heard, then he would be a complete package. You, you would, because you would be at that point. I, I, now, in terms of the sexual, I'm not got a sexual attraction to him, but we would have a nice, <laughs> uh, nice relationship. If I would. Yeah, you'd you'd have some some nice um, dry pasta and um, omelets with a side omelet dinners together. I'd, I'd take him out. I'd, I'd, I'd spring the spring the uh, the cash on him. Um, but but yeah, it was a great documentary that the uh, the Tribe Called Quest documentary, and um, you know it, it explained the history of the group. You know who the native tongues were and the tensions within the group. Um, and it would actually detail a lot. And this is probably what the documentary was most remembered for. Is yeah the fra- the fra- the fracturous relationship between tribe at the time and how you know fife was suffering and he needed a donor you know a donor to, to basically survive really and he was on dialysis and he asked q-tip you know we need to take in some of these offers that we're getting to do reunions um and q-tip said yeah you know sure yeah you know if you need me to do it then obviously that happened at the rock the bells tour and it would show footage of them backstage getting into like, you know, arguments and what have you. Um, um, but at the end of the documentary, it all worked out okay. And then one of the greatest scenes I've probably ever seen, of course, they're like they getting ready to do a show in well, they're doing rehearsals for a show they've got to do in China. And Fife Dog is in the rehearsal room waiting for Q Tip to turn up, and he turns up and um, they do like that that dance to um the chase part two and then they get on stage you see them on stage in china actually doing the dance on stage and just one of the greatest scenes i've, I've probably ever seen from any film to be honest with you yeah hands down this is a it's an emotional ride this film one hell of an emotional roller coaster one of the great it's not just a hip-hop documentary just any documentary i'll go out on a limb and say this is the greatest documentary i've ever seen and it's not just being biased because of our love for tribe just in terms of how Rappaport created the emotional turmoil and that was going on like people heard of it you know they split up you know there was this and that little interviews but to actually see it the way he presented it to see all that backstage shit like this is a 2011 documentary so this is when documentaries were sort of they were they were really sort of starting to get good and get juicy and this is one of the documentaries that that hit that that sort of vibe and that that sort of started that in a way to to get the you'd never because you'd obviously seen like the Jay Z documentaries and you know you'd seen it you know it drips and drabs of like studio footage in that but this wasn't this wasn't really about the the music because they you know they'd done all the music by that this was more about the the emotional aspect of their relationship together and and in terms of for me it's got such a an emotional uh, place in my heart. 
but when you show me it at, at uni, if you remember, so you actually show me this this documentary a couple of times at uni, but I just remember the first time he showed me and we watched it on my shitty little laptop. No, no TV, no HDMI cable to connect it up to. We were just like, yeah, yeah, chilling in our room. We put this documentary on for me, and I was like, fucking hell, like just incredible. Just um, I've never been so emotionally invested in a documentary before, and it's just, it's just so sad to see like a brotherly love like that. Um, just the, the turmoil that, that that can happen between two people that are that close and that you know love each other deep down, but. You know, there's just it's something there that will always be there, and there always there will always be a fire between them and that relationship. And this documentary portrays it so well. You know, it goes through the career chronologically as perfectly as possible. It shows what they meant to hip hop, what they meant to other hip hop artists, which I'm sure you'll you'll get into in more depth. But all the legendary hip hop figures they had on the documentary as well, giving interviews, expressing the, the tribe's meaning, the, the what they've done for hip hop culture. Just, just incredible. If you've never seen this, if you don't even like tribe or hip hop, just go out your way and see this. Cause I don't know that this is a documentary that changed my life in a way, and it made me wanna, made me in a way wanna wanna get into documentary making, and made me wanna pursue, you know, what I'm into. Made me want to, to to follow music more in depth and cover music and do podcasts on and shit like this. So, you know, without this documentary, honestly, we might not even be talking um, on this podcast right now. That's some powerful shit, geezer. I, I agree with all of that, and um, and I mean, you know, I mean, spot on there. And I think the cat as well. That I, you know, that I heard <laughs> she had some good points. Well. Mark's had some good points. She had some good points. I mean, I, I agree with what she said as well. Again, a little bit offensive what she was saying. I think she needs, she needs to hold it back a bit. But um, yeah, but she just needs to hold back her love of, of fight a bit a bit. I think the, the swearing and that and all was a bit much. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what she was saying about Fife and all that was good, but but like when when she would she would go on to uh, to certain ethnic groups, I was like, what's a bit, a bit heavy? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, no. zoom out, man. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it was. Oh, I'm I'm glad I introduced you to that. I didn't know I was the one to in- introduce you to that. We I think we watched it together for the first time because yeah. I hadn't seen it before I came to uni. No, I, mean, I think we did actually, yeah, because we would have been in uni when. Well, no, I think this got released just after. Sorry, just before we were in uni, so it was the no, actually, sorry, it was two years before. I'm chatting shit, but yeah, um, quite close, wasn't it? It's quite close. Yeah, quite close, but yeah, we must have just um, came across it and realised it was a thing, and then put it on. But yeah, I do have. The, I have a few memories of us watching things together, the first year of uni. Um, in my in, in our halls in Shitendale halls, and um, on on the laptop, as I said, we had the worst setup ever. My laptop was so <laughs> so shit as well. I remember, I remember like the Breaking Bad finale, and then we got into this massive debate over it. And, uh, that, that, that 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 we we basically spent like the rest of the evening. Just... <laughs> that was heated. Oh, that oh, I don't know if we can ever recollect that again. Don't worry. Wait, that was like a no holds barred match. That that debate spanned several rooms. Like we started to watch it in your room. We went into the kitchen and started talking. About it. We went to, it was just. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was legendary. And then, yeah, I remember watching this as well. And we were just like, yeah, we were in awe of it. Really, just um, just incredible, incredible filmmaking. And you can tell like Rappaport, close mates with them, and you know, you know, he's just a massive hip hop fan. 
you can tell this was just a biggest passion of his, like a passion project for him, and you can tell because of that, like he, it came off so well. Definitely, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and in the documentary, so apparently, a tribe called Quest, they weren't too happy with the film, and apparently, like when the film was going to premiere, none of them were going to go to it. But, but Fife Dog actually appeared, and the reason he appeared because his mother uh, made him see it differently. Five Dog has said, um, I spoke to my mum and she pretty much put the nail in the coffin. She said, you better go and enjoy this because it's something that doesn't happen every day. It's a movie about your guy's life and your music and your legacy. Uh, the least you could do is enjoy it. And it, it's just good to see that, yeah, Five Dog still had a close relationship with his mother. And he would be the only member of Tribe, I believe, to actually go to the premiere. And I think he did like give a speech or answer some questions about it. That's crazy. I never knew that they weren't fans of it originally. I mean, what was, what? do you know what the beef was? Was it obviously because it showed how bad it got in the group and they didn't want that coming out on the surface? Or? Well, it's good Good you, you asked that question because apparently Q-Tip had beef with Michael Rappaport because Tribe wanted to be producers even though they hadn't been involved as producers. Apparently, one of the producers sent an email out by mistake, which Q-Tip saw, telling them they weren't producers. Apparently, Naz was involved as an early stage and was going to be one of the producers, but didn't see the project through. I think he was very instrumental, actually, in actually getting the project off its feet. But yeah, they had some beef for like a, a few years, like Q-Tip and Michael Rappaport. Um, but I am happy to say, I've listened to a recent podcast actually Michael Rappaport's podcast um, he had this episode where he had Method Man and Q-Tip on both as guests and you know what Q-Tip and Michael Rappaport they've mended the beef they're friends again yes typical Q-Tip beefs with everyone on the planet but it's only for a few years yeah for a lifetime is that the thing he makes up with everyone it's it's good to hear it's the opposite of Tupac it's good to hear (laughs) yeah he's the opposite why does it like Q-Tip? Why you just don't you don't think he'd beef with people? But he does. I mean, when it comes down to this, let's be honest, he wanted to be a producer, which means he wanted to make Darth it. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. I mean, it's one of them where it's like, but, but how can you hate Q-Tip? Like you just look at his face, and how can you hate Q-Tip? <laughs> That's that podcast sounds pretty sick. And Michael Rappaport, if you want to do a collab. We know how much you love Trab. You, you've done it in film. We've done it in podcast form. We can hook up. We, we will do that. We'll, we'll give you that. We'll give you that opportunity. Yep, yep, definitely. I mean, all I want to say, I've only since that one episode of the Mike Rappaport podcast, but all I will say is I don't know whether him or Bill Burr came first, but they sound very similar. So Bill Burr, you, you might have taken some shit from Michael Rappaport. If you listen to that podcast, I listen to Bill Burr's one. He, he pretty much sounds like Bill Burr there. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Very interesting. I mean, Bill Burr's podcast has been going for a, a while, though. Like I, can, I was listening to it today, actually. But beef, 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 Rappaport, <laughs> Bill Burr. Imagine their beef as well. So imagine they're from like the same. That would be the, the whitest of white boy beef you've ever seen. Some fucking hell. <laughs> absolute liberal American whiteness going down there. To be honest though, they'd probably be mates. Like they're both into good music. They both like wrestling. I imagine they'd be they'd be mates them two though. They probably mm-hmm. are. They probably are mates as we speak now. I'll probably Google it and they're probably mates. Mm, fuck it. Let's get Bill Beard on the pod then. Right. That would be that would be the dream right there. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, and um, on that documentary, at the end of it, um, they said right at the end of the documentary, according to their contract, Tribe still have one album left to record on their deal. Oh, oof. So anyway, we get to 2013 and a Tribe Called Quest perform at Wireless Festival. Um, which I, wonder, I, was, I wonder who got, went and seen them. What's that, sir? I wonder who went and seen them. Hey, I was there, geezer. I was there. It was uh, it was around about the time when I was actually a virgin. Um, <laughs> similar to today, but but not quite. Still, you, I mean, you did you did you know you did lose it that year, so. I did actually, yeah. A couple of months later, actually, I remember it. I was there, not in the room, but I could hear it. <laughs> Next door. Oh, music was being played. <laughs> it was. Not yeah. Quite oh goodness. Um, I honestly, though, just to talk about that weekend, though, one of the greatest weekends of my life. That Friday, right? Uh, there was Elton John that was meant to be performing at Hyde Park, and he cancelled, so the tickets were free. So, to, so free gig at Hyde Park, right? Ray Davis and Elvis Costello playing. Went to see them. Fucking sick. Next day, went to see Wireless Festival. You had Rizzle Kicks, then you had Nat. We had ASAP Rocky, then Naz, then Tribe Called Quest. Then Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake do a two-hour, 40-minute set. And then the next day, Jake Bug and Rolling Stones as the headliner. One of the greatest fucking weekends of my life. Three different fucking wireless go from that? Rolling Stones headliner to the show? No, no, sorry. sorry, I should say Rolling Stones. They were playing at Hyde Park. That was a separate gig. That was uh, British Summertime. Oh, still. Was it a three-dayer for you then? Yeah, it was three different gigs. It was a uh, British Summertime Friday, then Wireless Saturday, and then uh, Hyde Park again, British Summertime on the Sunday. But Wireless Festival, though, still like fucking, um, so like as I said, like Rizzle Kicks, fucking ASAP Rocky, Naz, Tribe, and Jay Z and Justin Timberlake, and on the other stages you had Will I Am doing solo, and you had Joey Badass as well on another stage. Woof, jeez. Yeah, so clashing, clashing with Justin Timberlake and Jay Z was Joey Badass and Will I Am, just fucking mental. Damn. That and what what the fuck's happened to Wireless now? Come on, Jesus. Yeah, now, now you see fucking I don't know little Yoli. You see you feel little, little ugly mane and little boot and little boat and little shiznit and and big big dick and and little dick and medium dick and and dick <laughs> dick and and fucking sign guy Dudley and fucking <laughs> shithead Central. Oscar, Oscar from Man in a Mission, and uh, and and Post Malone. <laughs> Always Post Malone. Uh, um, so yeah, so they perform at Wireless Festival, and they also perform with Kanye on the Yeezus tour, and that was meant to be their last ever performance. Then in 2015, um, they had a reunion on the Jimmy Fallon show, uh, the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. It would be in promotion of the 25th anniversary, I believe, of People's Instinctive Travels and Paths of Rhythm. They performed Can I Kick It? This was the same night as the Paris Attacks, sadly. Anyway, that happened on the the 13th of November 2015. Any memories of that performance? Uh, no, just a heavy salad that has happened on the same day as that. It's pretty heavy. I was actually I was on air actually in in, um, in City Beat, um, just just performed, just did like one of the shows, and the news was coming through. I think me and Tom Hustler actually we were doing a show at the time, 
and yeah, just the news had come through just after we finished on air about the Paris attacks and the yeah, it's madness. Yeah, was you in tears? I, I whipped through a hundred pounds in cash tonight, <laughs> but I thought ISIS were going to come and invade us. <laughs> of course, you. So yeah, so that reunion on the Jimmy Fallon show happened on the thirteenth of November, two thousand fifteen. On the 22nd of March, we hear the very sad news. One of the greatest rappers, Five Dog, had sadly passed away. Man, I know a lot of us have the soundtrack to our youth, and for me, this was it. 90s hip-hop legend has passed away. We're talking about Malik Fife Dog Taylor. He died last night. He was best known for being a founding member of one of my favorite rap groups ever, a tribe called Quest. He had one child, uh, a daughter called Jessica Marcia, and the tributes just started raining in. A weatherman gave reports giving tribe quotes on air. Yeah, this rush hour coming with more hits than the Braves or the Yankees. Fred, we're on a war tour with Mark McKay, my man, going each and every place with Traffic Tracker 2 in his hand. Now, Mark McKay, are things ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo? Uh, infectious with the slow-mo currently. A85 is stacked and packed now, heading into Midtown Atlanta. Fred, with a crash south of 400, tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. What can you show us, Mark McKay? Sometimes the definition of traffic comes sideways and straightways. Right now, Mark, I'm taking... Brilliant. Uh, new day on the the, the oh, next okay. episode of Raw. They they started off their promo with a shout-out to Tribe, saying, you know, can I kick it? Just great. Um, and, and other tributes included Dave Chappelle at the end of his uh, Netflix special. He actually gave a tribute to Fife and ended the show on Can I Kick It? Yeah. That's played the, the show out. Many fans and celebrities um, pay tribute to Fife, including John Cena. He actually paid tribute to Fife on social media. Yeah, on Instagram, I believe. Yeah, it's good to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. 2017, uh, Fife Dog, he featured as a in a basketball game um 2k18 is a playable character um and they'd of course have the memorial um the big memorial for tribe where people like Keris, one andre 3000 kanye they'd all come up there and they they give speeches about about five there was no put-ons he was exactly what he said he was in in the music and that's um you know a special thing and i think that's one of the reasons why you know the music and, and, and Five Dog, the, the, the character within the group, will, will be around longer than all of us. So I hope you enjoy this, and um, you know, uh, my thoughts and prayers are for, for everybody here. Um, 2018, we saw uh, Black Eyed Peas um, release a song all around the world with Five Dog, Ali Shaheed Mohammed, and Posta Noose. Yeah, yeah. We on that war tour with Mohammed again. Yeah. 50 City run with Black Eyed Peas in them. First show in T-Dot with the shorties we gem. 20 thou, losing they mind as we recite these hymns. See, lyrically, I'm Wordle, Stephen Curry with the mic though. Right. Kyrie Irv, sweetie, with that bubble chuck handle. Yeah. Or me in the 90s with the native tongues, yo. Uh. Mastery type flow, yeah. they like jungle bros. 25 years later, ain't too much done change me. Owner of the homes with my eyes on the Bentley. 
Um, and then, of course, the song you mentioned, Cheers, Anderson Pack and Q-Tip. These pictures I'm seeing are fucking me up and I don't know what to do, but reminisce to face the pain of back in the days before you were dog and you would just pup. Banging beats and bringing bitches back to the tour bus. Excuse me, y'all, I know this tax shit, I just need a second. It's Q-Tip in this bitch and I'm just in here reflecting. Head on collisions with memories in the intersection. Looking in my rear view, wishing I could be near you. The freeways of my mind have crowded with traffic. The good times that we had and the bad habits. Uh, where Anderson Pack, he would talk about a tribute to Mac Miller, who sadly died by then as well. And then uh, Q-Tip would do a tribute to Fife as well in his verse. Me now, look around, last man standing, grooming, crying like a child trying to understand it. So sick of sending flowers to all of my brother's mamas. Don't know what's harder, fighting trauma or keeping the promise. True confession, breath is a blessing without a question. But niggas don't get the message until they get disconnected. My story ain't over, I'm still turning pages. But the picture I painted with you in it has faded. And we also get the news that um, a tribe called Quest and Outcast were working on an album uh, and however you know five passing away made sure it, but it didn't happen yeah it's, um, yeah it's devastating news in that but and that especially just i remember watching out uh, andre's interview i think it was that maybe like one of those red bull uh he got an award for something and yeah he said they've been working on an album together for a while and he was like he was basically saying you know you got all these awards, nah, they're the greatest tribe, are always the greatest, you know, without without tribe, there's no outcast, and, you know, we were working on something together, but you could just see in Andre's face how upset he was, and just like with everyone, just the, the influence that he had on uh, not just hip-hop, but just American culture, and, you know, you've just got all these people from entertainment paying homage to, to Fife and his death because... You know, he deserved it. He was one of a kind. He was he never be replicated, you know, and uh, just just completely deserved what he got. And he sadly died from his, his, his fight with diabetes um, at the age of 45, which is just, you know, 45. What are you? He probably had, he had so, probably had so much potential. And I reckon one of the reasons why he didn't have the successful solo career that he probably deserved was because of his health issues. At the end of the day, he was getting old and... The diabetes, the heavy diabetes he had was getting hard. It was getting hard on his kidneys. And, you know, he did have some kidney transplants. He did have one. And uh, unfortunately, he wasn't a, su- a success. So he required another transplant. But, you know, in the end, it was it was just too late for him. And, yeah, just, just sad, man. And just probably one of the worst celebrity deaths to ever hit me, in all honesty. And I just remember messaging you on uh, Facebook because at the time, I think, um, you know, I'd left uni and, yeah, I remember we were talking about it quite heavily and, and yeah, you know, the impact he had on our life and, and our music and just, yeah, just um, what he taught us through his, his words. It was just, um, you know, incredibly quite devastating, really. And I don't think a celebrity death might hit us like that ever again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, spot on. I was just about to ask you as well, like, you know, how did you take the news? But I imagine same way as me, I like, just, just devastating and sad loss before his time. Definitely. I know I went back and listened to a lot of Tribe, though, after that happened. I don't know about you. Oh, spot on, yeah. I mean, that, that year was a, a bad year for musician depths. Of course, you know, we had David Bowie, Prince. Mm-hmm. You had Maurice White from um, uh, Earth, Wind & Fire. Um, other deaths in there as well. And I've got to say, uh, fuck you, Sky Arts. Because they did they did a show, right, about, like, the deaths of the year, like, 2016, and they didn't fucking mention Five Dog. 
fuck you, Scott. What? <laughs> Unless you want to sponsor us, then fair play. So it was hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll forgive you then. Yeah, it was hard to condense it to an hour. You know, editorial decisions have to be made. But if not, fuck you, Sky Arts. How did you not mention Fife? What the fuck? Yeah, how dare they? Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. They, they, can, they can have all little, uh, little artsy bollocks, people that no one's ever heard of. But no, we'll, we'll have Fife. But, uh... George Michael as well. He died 2016. Alan Rickman, if I remember too. So... Alan Rickman. I mean, yeah, if you go into celebrities in general, there was there was loads. Yeah, yeah. loads. It's 2016. We're going to have a year, but... It was yeah, in 2016 as well. Yeah. Yeah, heavy, man. Just just heavy shit. And, like, usually with celebrity deaths, you know, you you feel... Um, you are gutted, but emotionally, do you really feel it? Because you don't know these these people. Really, do you? But Fife was just different. There's only a couple of artists where I've really felt it. You know, it's like... Kind of felt it with Mac Miller in a way recently. Fife, felt it with Fife Dog. Um, probably some more later on. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charles Hodges. Yeah, yeah, Charles Hodges. That, that's what he was about to say. Charles Hodges is still alive, mate. Dave Peacock's the one that died. That's 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 wrong. But I'm <laughs> glad you've got their names right on the part six. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming to the end here. Might as well get it right uh, some point. What well, what had you more shaken up then the Fife Dog or the uh, the Dave Peacock death? I can't even I can't even, it, two two oh, it's difficult two different. Uh, I'll tell you what though, I, let, this will speak to like some of my earliest gig experiences. Um, so first gig Duran Duran, second gig was this this one just around the Olympics, and anyway, then after that right, sort of like a few free gigs at the Olympics. Anyway, after that. One of my earliest gigs was Chaz and Dave, and then after that, two gigs later was Tribal. So you seen them in a leisure centre, didn't you? Didn't he do like a gig it's inside of a swimming pool for um, like people who were swimming? No, well, no, they didn't know. They did it at the O2. But I tell you what, right? And we'll get on. Well, actually, no, we probably won't get on to this at any other point. So I'll bring it up now. One of the greatest days of my life, right? Me and me old Mar, we go to to, uh, to Margate, right? Down to Margate. Down to Margate. Right, see Chaz and Dave perform live. I'm fucking buzzing. I'm top of the world. Turn around. Who, who's that over there? It's only fucking Boise. Go up. I speak to Boise. Have a picture with him. Chat to him. And do you know what? Lovely fucking geezer. Lovely. <laughs> nice. You have got picture proof of that, to be fair. I have. It was my, it was my Facebook photo for a long time. Long and, time. And you know what? Absolutely. Did you call him, Boise? If he'd let me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah. Just um, RIP 5 Doc. Well, and that happened on the same day he died. No, 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 no. But uh, that would be a very mixed emotion. So. <laughs> yes, got to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, meant a lot to to myself. I mean, we've talked about what is what is lyrics incompast. You know, we how relatable. I mean, so much even just going on talking about personal shit and like he's you know relatable to me and you especially. You know, the whole self-deprecating thing. The you know we're not the we're not necessarily like the, the coolest kids. And we don't profess to be. And yeah, just a lot of like we got our own personal demons and our own personal struggles with mental health and all that and like. He was the first person where you could feel, you know, you, you could relate that to. And that's why um, when he died, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite heavy, heavy on the heart. And I don't know if a celebrity death will ever affect me quite like that again. 
Definitely, yeah, and 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 we're both short as well. The, the main thing, which is like yeah, that's yeah. the main thing, yeah, yeah. Um, five foot assassins, we are your we are your minions. Five star, we are your five foot assassins. Right, I I I aim to be the five foot. Well, not not like an actual assassin, but <laughs> well, that'd be a good wrestling gimmick though. Our tag team could be called the five foot assassins. We never get hired by by by. <laughs> You were five foot. What's the AEW are walking to there? Definitely. Um, so yeah, apparently before Five died, he was also working on an album, um, and he shot a video with Method Man and Buster Rhymes. Um, one of the names he wanted to call the album was called Songs in the Key of Fife, um, and of course he released the single Nutshell shortly after he died, which we we talked about. Really great song, uh, and. Um, and and the world was left in mourning of Fife Dog. Um, and I was sitting in a Weatherspoons actually, and I was talking to my friend, and she went to the toilet. Anyway, when she went to the toilet, I got my phone up. And I had Facebook open on my phone. And I scrolled across this tweet, um, this post, to all the good people. This letter, by the way, was posted on i believe it was it was the 27th of october 2016 uh 28th of october even it could be so this letter reads as such to all the good people worldwide we hope this letter finds you in yours safe and without a scratch last year this time myself jerobi ali and fife had the extreme pleasure of performing on the tonight show it was our first tv performance in 18 years the energy for us that night was one that we hadn't experienced on stage together in some time. It was also the night of the Paris bombing, November the 13th, Friday, an unseasonably warm night in New York City. As we left 30 Rock, I felt the need we all did to get back to the studio and start to cook up. So we got to it. It was coming together nicely. And as you may know, we lost our brother, may God rest his soul, on March the 22nd. But he left us with the blueprint of what we had to do. So we collected ourselves and along tribesmen, Buster and Cons, we completed what will be obvious, obviously the final Tribe Called Quest album. No, this isn't filled with old Fife bars. This is that pure, unstepped on pure. And on November the 11th, 2016, we will complete our paths and rhythm. Join us. Peace, Q-Tip. And that was the way of announcing that after a decade had passed, after 18 years had passed, the answer to the question, will Tribe Called Quest ever release any more material, was finally fucking answered. Yes, they will. And we come on to the final album. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. And that's where we're going to leave you. Thank you for listening to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. Join us on our next episode where we conclude our journey of A Tribe Called Quest as we go over their last album. And, um, and yeah, we just, we just find out 
what happens to one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time? Get the Kleenex ready, Lou. I'm going to think I'm going to cry. I've got Kleenex out for very different reasons, if I was. <laughs> yeah. In the words of Tribe, let's make something happen. Let's make something happen? Yeah. You know, I was online and people were saying, I can't wait. Somebody wrote, Christmas came early mm. about your new album coming out. Somebody else said, I've been dreaming for this and dreams do come true. Mm. People are excited about it. What does that mean to you? It's good. Yeah. I, I you know, not bad for some guys who've been around the block a couple of times, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I welcome it. I think it's, it's exciting. I hope that people will dig it, you know? 